Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. Oh, we got a good one on tap. I don't know if in terms of topics, it's as packed as yesterday, but it's darn close. We've got two special guests coming on the show. Adam Bessie from the Dallas Cowboys. I keep saying Dallas Cowboys. From the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. We'll be stopping by in about 25 minutes. Looking forward to having him on the show to talk all things Cowboys. Uh, how about Dak Prescott winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award? Congrats to Dak. Had to wear his hat today for the occasion. And someone who's not as high on Dak, but certainly is one of the more knowledgeable sports minds you'll ever meet. Barry Grant Jr., the All Even Podcast. You know him. You love him. He'll be on the show in about 45 minutes to talk about his man, LeBron James, breaking the all-time scoring record, KD to Phoenix, uh, his ultimate celebration, so much so it got him singing on social media that Russell Westbrook was traded away from the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see what his future is moving forward. And we'll also talk a little Dak Prescott. And of course, we will talk with both guests about Super Bowl 57. It comes down to this. And at the end of today's show, I will give my Super Bowl 57 predictions. You do not want to miss it. All on carving it up in the next hour, hour and a half or so. Let's start with... The outlooks for the two teams. Again, I'm going to save my prediction for the end of the show. But what I think is so fascinating, and I alluded to this last week, that regardless of who got to the Super Bowl, once we got into the conference championship games, whether it was Cincinnati or Kansas City that came out of the AFC, or whether it was Philadelphia or San Francisco that came out of the NFC, we would get a matchup in the Super Bowl where one team has an all-world quarterback, a guy that, regardless of what's put around him, can carry you, get on my back, I'm going to take us to the promised land. And on the other hand, you have a team with a very good quarterback or a okay quarterback, a guy like Brock Purdy, sturdy Purdy as I called him, with stacked rosters around them. In the case of Brock Purdy, he had Kyle Shanahan. Nick Sirianni certainly is no Kyle Shanahan, but he's no pushover as we've seen in his two years as the head man in Philadelphia. The two ways you can build a Super Bowl contender. Now, what does that mean? Well, what I think it means is that regardless of who wins this game, you are going to see the NFL, like any other sports league, is a copycat league. You are going to start to see the landscape of the league shift 
to the mindset of whoever won the Super Bowl. If the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, the whole rest of the league's going to be saying, we like our guy, but he is, oh God, he is not Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's not even in the same ballpark. This guy's going to be winning Super Bowls for a long time. He, he may, I'm about to get my second segment, he may just put himself in the GOAT discussion sometime in the next five years. Who knows? Our guy isn't good enough to go toe-to-toe with him, regardless of what's put around him. That's if Kansas City wins. If Philadelphia wins, it's, yeah, you can have an all-world quarterback, but all you really need is a slightly above-average quarterback to, in the case of Jalen Hurts, a an excellent ascending quarterback who's probably never going to get to the level of a Hurts, a Burrow, or even an Allen or a, a Lawrence, but can win you a lot of games we've seen over the last couple of years, and if the pieces around him are right, can get you to the Super Bowl. Get the right quarterback. Not an all-time talent like Patrick Mahomes, but get the right guy. Build the team around him. Get him all-star level receivers like an A.J. Brown, like a Devontae Smith. Even Quez Watkins, as I've said all season, has been a really good deep threat for him. Get him a solid tight end, Pro Bowl level tight end like a Dallas Goddard. Put the best offensive line in football around him, led by Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Defensively, the best pass rush in the NFL, Hassan Reddick, getting big free agent pickups under the radar, going out and getting James Bradbury to pair with your already elite corner, Darius Slay, Gardner Johnson, Avante Maddox, all of these pieces that Philadelphia has put around their roster, all around Jalen Hurts, to make his job easier. What you're going to see, whoever wins the Super Bowl, is going to be a complete shift in how the league views how to contend for championships. It is. If you are, say, the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills have big expectations coming into this season. They have a top three, top four quarterback in Josh Allen, an MVP-level guy at his peak. You've got good wide receivers, running game and offensive line could use some work without a question, but an excellent defense, he added Von Miller. If Kansas City wins, you're like, okay, we can still beat them. Heck, we probably should have beat them a year ago in the divisional round. Let's run it back. We've seen that Josh Allen is one of the very few quarterbacks in the league that can go toe-to-toe with Mahomes, despite the flaws on the Buffalo Bills, and there are many. Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl, albeit the opposite conference. You're thinking if you're the Buffalo Bills, okay, yeah, we probably need to put more talent around Josh Allen. If you think about a team in San Francisco, with Brock Purdy, whoever, Brock Purdy's not going to be their starting quarterback next year because of the UCL injury. Whoever their guy is next year, is it Trey Lance? Is it, I've suggested they go after Derek Carr. I think he's a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. We'll see. If you are a team like, say, the, I don't know. How about the Green Bay Packers? With Aaron Rodgers. If he comes back next year, if it's Jordan Love, the mindset of the league is going to change depending on who wins this year's Super Bowl. Is it, our quarterback isn't good enough, let's try and upgrade. For the record, the Rams did that a year ago, and look how that turned out. Got a Super Bowl out of it. Do we draft one? Do we trade for one? Who knows? If Philadelphia wins, well, yeah, Kansas City has the greatest quarterback talent we've ever seen and probably the best coach in the league, certainly the best offensive coach in the league, and Andy Reid. But Philadelphia has an absolutely stacked roster at just about every position. And a good coaching staff, for that matter. And good special teams. Just try and stack the deck around our quarterback. He's good enough. If Jalen Hurts is good enough, uh, surely our guy is. Now, for some teams, that's not the case. But for others, absolutely. So this is going to be very, 
Very fascinating to see what happens over the course of the next 48 to 72 hours in terms of who wins the game, how they win the game, and how the league responds a month from now in the offseason, starting with free agency, and two and a half months from now, starting in free agency. I'm uh, sorry, starting in the draft. Very, very excited. This is one of the more uh, tight Super Bowls. I have yet to, to see anybody in the media, and we know this is a polarized social media and everything. It could be a little bit polarizing at times. I have yet to see a non-Chiefs or Eagles fan say, oh, yeah, that's, that's not even close. Like, take Kansas City. Stop it. It's not even close. Oh, Philadelphia, they're way better. I haven't seen that. Most people, I mean, all the people that have come on this show, none of which are Eagles or Chiefs fans, have said, this is close, it's down to the wire. We'll see what our next two guests on today's show have to say and what I have to say at the end of the show predicting the game. But that's kind of been the general feel around the NFL fans and the NFL media. So that's what's going to be exciting. I can't wait for kickoff. Not to mention, you've got the incredible halftime show for Rihanna. I think she's going to do a remarkable job. She's got, listen, she's got a big act to follow from last year's halftime show, which to me, with all due respect to the late great Prince, who to me had the greatest halftime show ever, last year's was iconic. But I think Rihanna's going to do an absolutely fantastic job. And the commercials look good too. But the game, the game, it's going to be a good one. Again, I'll predict it at the end of today's show, but, uh, I'll just put it this way, fast your seatbelts. Because like I said, you've got easily, easily the best quarterback in the league with probably the best roster in the league. Certainly the best team from start to finish. As I was talking with Mike Guido on the show yesterday, Philadelphia beat Detroit, who we, as we found out, Detroit ended up being a pretty good football team. Could have easily snuck into the playoffs and been a problem. But they beat Detroit 38-35 to back in week one. I promise you, if you watched that game, the score was not indicative of how clo- of how much of a blowout it was. Thank you to Detroit for, uh, for, for making my Detroit plus three and a half pick look good. Appreciate Jared Goff and company. But from that point on to now, they've been the best team. They have. Every time they have an, they've had a test in their way, aside from Dallas, but Jalen Hurts didn't play that game. And they're playing, I mean, you know, no shame in losing to Rain Dakota Prescott as many teams this season. Minnesota, Philadelphia, Giants, Tampa Bay, all those teams would eventually find out. And I'll talk a little bit more, Dak. Who, by the way, congratulations to Dak Prescott, the 2022 Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. Could not be happier. I mean, seriously, in all seriousness, like football side, football side, uh, if you don't like Dak Prescott as a human being, it, it, you're the problem. It's as simple as that. You talk about his story, um, you know, obviously two major tragedies in his life, losing his mother in college, losing his his brother a couple of years ago to to cancer and to, to suicide, respectively. Uh, when you talk about how he's turned those tragedies into a way to help people, when you talk about through his Faith Fight Finish Foundation, donating countless amounts of money to, to cancer research to honor his mom, and donating all the money he's donated and being vulnerable about his own uh, mental health struggles after uh, the the passing of his brother, um, you, you, you just can't you can't do anything to respect that. So congrats to Dak Prescott, very well deserved. And for the rest of his career, he will wear that very special Walter Payton Man of the Year award patch on his jersey for the rest of his career. Very deserving. Uh, joins 
an incredible group of, of, of men who have won that award. Uh, Andrew Whitworth won it last year, deservedly. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to say, I mean, like someone wasn't deserving of the man of the year award, something like that. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, this thir- all 32 team nominees have done unbelievable jobs off the field with their charities and, 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 and uh, philanthropic, uh, philanthropic efforts. But, uh, Dak Prescott, man, happy for him, proud of him, and uh, very well-deserved. So back to the Super Bowl. So, again, the there's a lot of storylines going this game. It doesn't seem like, unlike years past, I don't think there was any drama last year, but drama in terms of something that we're looking at and saying, oh, okay, well, watch out for this. This could get a little interesting. No, I think we're just sitting back and, and watching the best team in the AFC, number one seed in the AFC versus the best team in the NFC, number one seed in the NFC. We're we're just in for a great football game. That's that's all I can ask for. But for Patrick Mahomes, he he's probably the biggest storyline of this game in terms of where his legacy is going to be, depending on how whether or not he wins the game, loses the game, or whether or not he plays well in those two games or in those two scenarios. Now it's weird to talk about a guy's legacy when he's in his fifth year as a starter. But considering what Patrick Mahomes has accomplished in this five-year stretch over this past half decade, it, it speaks to his greatness that we're even having this discussion today. So, for the record, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. This is going to be his third game, th- third time starting in the big game. He won, led Kansas City to a Super Bowl 54 win into in the 2019 season, got them back to the Super Bowl the following year, and obviously got trounced by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady winning his seventh ring. Obviously lost the AFC title game last year to Cincinnati, comes back this year, so his third Super Bowl trip in four years, which is in and of itself Brady-esque, Montana-esque. So hats off to him in that regard. However, and I, you guys know I love Mahomes. I think he's... He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in my life. He is by a pretty comfortable margin with respect to number two, Joe Burrow, in my my eyes. I think he's by a pretty wide margin the best quarterback in the league. He he can do things that other quarterbacks simply cannot do. Not to mention he's a remarkable leader. He, he's very coachable. Uh, I mean, arm accuracy, mobility. He's got he's got everything. If you created a quarterback on Madden, it looks like Patrick Mahomes. Everything. With that said, he hasn't been all that great in the Super Bowl. He hasn't. Against the 49ers defense in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, he struggled at times. Went into the fourth quarter against Jimmy Garoppolo down 20 to 10, had two picks, including one in the fourth quarter. And then to his credit, in the last six minutes of the game, went absolutely ballistic. It started with the play of the game, the third and 15 bomb off his back foot, like 50 yards down the field to Tyree Kill, which set up the Chiefs in scoring position. They, they scored that drive, scored the next drive, and then put it away with, uh, I think it was Damian Williams ran in a long touchdown to pretty much put the game to bed. And he won Super Bowl MVP in large part due to his fourth quarter performance. But if you remember those first three quarters, his pass rating was like in the 50s. His completion percentage was up under 60. And again, he had a couple of turnovers. Year later against a great Buccaneers defense. And I'll, I'll give Patrick more of a pass in this game than the year prior. You say, why? He lost. And he lost badly. Didn't even score a touchdown. Fair enough. But if you remember, Travis Kelsey dropped some easy balls, as did, as did Tyree Kill, Miko Harmon. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is throwing passes horizontal to the ground. It, it, it's ridiculous what that guy was doing. Um, 
I'm giving him a pass because of the drops and because the guy had literally no time to throw. He was missing both of his tackles. It was a makeshift offensive line. And against the likes of that Tampa Bay defense led by Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, it was a disaster from start to finish. But he did only score nine points and he threw two picks. Like that, that's just what happened. I'm not, again, I don't, I don't think Mahomes deserves the bulk of the blame for that game, but he didn't play well. So coming into this one against, you guessed it, a great Philadelphia defense, first or second best of the league, them or San Francisco. We could talk about who's better, but Philly's got numerous pro bowlers, particularly in the secondary and the defensive line. This could be a challenge. And the thing about Kansas City, too, and I talked about this coming into the season, and it's played itself out the way I thought that it would with their offense, that they weren't going to be the big play offense this season that they were the past four with Tyree Kill. The Tyree Kill trade changed everything. You still got Travis Kelsey, obviously. You've got uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's good out of the backfield. Uh, it, it appears that uh, um, for, uh, Tony is going to play. He, nobody's on the injury report for Kansas City, which is good news for them. His offensive line is among the best of the league. Creed Humphrey, my man Trey Smith out of Tennessee, both were steals in the draft last year out of Oklahoma and Tennessee, respectively. Offensive line's good, and obviously got Andy Reid as a head coach. Not to mention Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who the Packers you know, shipped off, played well in the AFC Championship game, although I credit a lot of that to Patrick Mahomes making plays. They've been more of a methodical offense. They haven't been the blink him and I there in front type of big play, like hitting Tyree Kill, you know, which changes everything in terms of how you game plan for the rest of the weapons around him, Juju Smith-Schuster and everybody. It's changed things. If Patrick Mahomes wins the game and plays well, wins Super Bowl MVP, Where's he at? Do we put him in the GOAT discussion? I do not think we put him in the greatest of all time discussion. I think Tom Brady with seven rings, five Super Bowl MVPs, the longevity that he had. I don't think Mahomes is ever going to touch the seven rings for the record. I don't think he'll necessarily have to, to be in the GOAT discussion, but two rings isn't going to do the job. However, among the guys competing for second, to me, second place is Joe Montana. Third place is Peyton Manning in my eyes, followed by John Elway and Dan Marino. That's my top five. Brady, Montana, Manning, Elway, Marino. Do we slot one of those other quarterbacks out in place of Mahomes? If he plays well and wins, he's got to have both. Yes, I think we do. You're talking about in a five-year stretch, a guy who as I keep saying the show, does not know the NFL playoffs without hosting the AFC Championship game. Every single season that Patrick Mahomes has started, he has hosted the AFC Championship game minimum. Three Super Bowl appearances in five years. He just won. Congrats to Patrick Mahomes. Well-deserved. He won an MVP last night, which is his second. Obviously, his first year as a starter, 2018, he won the MVP that year with 50 touchdown passes. This year, he was start to finish the best quarterback in football. You consider the fact that he get a second ring. We assume that if Kansas City wins, Mahomes has to be great. He wins Super Bowl MVP. Well, he equals Peyton Manning in rings. And yes, he has less MVPs than Peyton, but he had more Super Bowl MVPs than Peyton. Remember, Peyton won two Super Bowls. He only won the MVP of one of them. The one in Indianapolis against the Chicago Bears. Super Bowl 50. 
wasn't garbage, but was not the Peyton Manning of old as he was, as he wasn't that entire 2015 season before he retired. Von Miller obviously won the MVP that year against Carolina. Dan Marino? No rings. And he did have Don Shula. He did have plenty of great weapons around him. John Elway was known as the guy, and I, you guys know I love John Elway. He's probably one of the three most talented quarterbacks, in my view, to ever play the game. Up there with Mahomes and Rodgers. John Elway did not win his Super Bowl till the last two years of his career. And was he was very good in the Green Bay Super Bowl. Didn't blow your socks off in the Atlanta Super Bowl, which Denver won. Was, wasn't like j- just mind-blowing great. Wasn't the classic John Elway. Last two years of his career, then he retired. Mahomes would have equaled Elway in rings. Would have done so in the first five years of his career. You say, Price. He's got Andy Reid. He's got Travis Kelsey. For those five years, he had Tyree Kill. We don't use that to punish any of the other great quarterbacks. Tom Brady had, and I'm, I don't think he's the greatest coach ever, but he did have Bill Belichick. And for the back half of his career, he did have arguably the greatest player in the history of the tight end position, Rob Gronkowski. Joe Montana, we don't punish him because he had Bill Walsh, to me, the greatest offensive mind of all time, and Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver ever by a mile. Whoever you got second, T.O., Randy Moss, doesn't matter. Jerry Rice's records are probably unbreakable. We don't punish Montana for that. We don't punish Peyton Manning for all of those weapons he had around him in Indianapolis. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. In Denver, when he had, God rest his soul, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Julius Thomas. And he did have Tony Dungy for one of his Super Bowl runs. We don't punish John Elway for, at the end, having Mike Shanahan, one of the great offensive minds in the sport, and having receivers like, or tight ends like Shannon Sharp, who's top five at the position all time. We don't punish Dan Marino, right? A guy like Don Shula. So when we talk about the greatest ever, we don't use the variables for everybody else. Uh, we, we don't punish the other guys the way we would seem to punish Mahomes. Should he win? Should he win a Super Bowl MVP? So that's all I'm saying. I think when you talk about putting him in the GOAT discussion, it's a bit too early. But I'm sorry. Do you, you, you starting your franchise today. You start with Aaron Rodgers, you start with Patrick Mahomes. That's the thing. That's the question I keep asking. Obviously, Rodgers has doubled the MVPs, but has he not grown a reputation at this point for consistently disappearing in the playoffs? Mahomes has been great every playoffs. As a matter of fact, if you think about Patrick Mahomes' playoff record, he's really had one, maybe two, bad, I mean, truly awful playoff games where he was just terrible. He was bad in the second half against Cincinnati, and if we want to hold the loss against the Buccaneers completely on him, fine, but I've, like I said, multiple drops by receivers in the game, and the offensive line was an absolute shambles. It was, it was a makeshift offensive line without both of his tackles. Every other game has been outstanding, or at least very good. Why not? What he's accomplished the first five five years of his career, I don't think it's crazy at all to say he is in that discussion. We've got a few comments here. Grady Edwards, what's up, Grady? He says, I really feel like people are overrating Philadelphia based on how they beat San Francisco. They are a good team and deserve to be here, but let's not get it twisted. 
That's fair. I mean, they, they if you talk about one seeds, they might have had one of the easiest runs to the Super Bowl. Giants with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, outside of two games against Minnesota, was the very definition of an average quarterback all season long. And San Francisco, who might have the best roster in the NFL, but they literally could not throw a forward pass in the game because of the injuries at quarterback. So that's totally fair. Absolutely. Uh, John Rivera, he says he's got the money on the over. Okay, so what what is the over? I haven't checked that in, in this game. Because I'm curious. I'm, I'm trying to think in my head. Because I know what my prediction is. I'll reveal it at the end of the show. Let's see what the over for uh, for this game is today. Obviously, Philadelphia's favored right now, minus one and a half. Over under is 51. Okay, so John Rivera says over on 51. I could absolutely see that. You got two very good offenses, two very different offenses, but we'll see. Uh, John Rivera also says Dan Marino is his favorite quarterback uh, over Rodgers, and he's got Randy Moss as the greatest receiver of all time over Jerry Rice. R- Randy was, listen, Randy was different. I, th- I think Jerry Rice is still clearly the man, but listen, Jerry Rice was 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 video game numbers, man. He was outstanding. All right, uh, I've been looking forward to having our next guest on for a while. So you guys know at the grid, I always shout out to the podcast that we've got. Um, I'll even podcast Barry Grant Jr., who will be joining the show pretty soon today. You think about Rocket Fuel Jets podcast, Alpha Parsar Jr. Think about Patrick Brown, Chaotic Sports Podcast, Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. We've got a lot of content. The Cowboys Can Fan Podcast is one of my favorites. And joining the show now is one-third of the Cowboys Can Fan Podcast. And as you guess, we're going to be talking a lot of Dallas Cowboys. Would you please welcome... Adam Bessie of the Dallas Cowboys Can Fan Podcast. Adam, what is going on, man? Welcome to Carving It Up Live. Bryson, this is uh, this is a great treat to be on here on a Friday evening, chopping it up with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of y'all's show. Before we get into any Cowboys, any football, for those out there that have not gotten the opportunity to watch or to listen, tell the people out there what y'all's show is about. So uh, every week um, we do... Uh, hour and a half uh, live stream slash podcast uh, all about the Cowboys and Cowboys related uh, news Cowboys can fan uh, during season we do watch alongs so we stream for about six hours and then throughout the week we're uh, dropping dropping YouTube shorts TikToks, IG reels and uh, we're making clips to try to pull in some more subbies you know absolutely hey, listen that that's the goal at the end of the day uh so but it, but it, but it is it is all cowboys centric so if you're not a big cowboys fan then you, you you can come and you can watch us but uh you might not like it listen i i don't know how listen i'm not a cowboys fan but i absolutely love y'all show it's it's outstanding uh Bar- barry's excited he said there's my guy he's excited that you're on the show uh oh, so he's my guy oh absolutely. you know what actually sorry bryson i'll yeah if uh the other two hosts uh, out of all three of us, I do a lot of the technical stuff, so I don't get, I don't talk as much as uh, Anth or Alex, but they won't let me live it down if I don't do this on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> Crack them if you got them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's a signature right there. It's a signature. I love it. I love it. So uh, right off the bat, I, I want to, it was a very, uh, I can't remember a Cowboys season quite like this, where there's the expectations, typical Super Bowl expectations coming in. Dak goes down the first game. We're thinking season's over. Yep. Cooper Rush comes in, does his job, wins four out of five starts. Dak comes back. It's the best offensive league. 
Defense is up and down. Great the first half. Tails off a little bit the second half. You've got some great wins over the Eagles and the Vikings and Giants and some disappointing losses against the likes of, say, Green Bay and Jacksonville. You win the playoff game in blowout fashion over the Bucks, and then the massive disappointment against the 49ers the following week. If there's any way you can sort of sum up the Cowboys 2022 season, how would you do so? Uh, disappointing. I mean, we we all all week, every single week, week over week, we were defending Dak Prescott. You know, as Cowboy fans, we fought, you know, us being from Canada, we pride ourselves on being a little bit more optimistic and we want to root for the people on our team. And, and we, you know, and specifically just we were battling other Cowboy fans about Dak Prescott all year long. Our boy Barry Grant Jr. being one of them. But so so to kind of come out of uh Cooper Rush holding holding the ship and 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 keeping the team which everyone thought was going to go down after Dak went down uh, afloat it was disappointing to see us get so far but yet not get over that hurdle known as the divisional uh the divisional round so you know it, it's anything short of an NFC championship game it's a disappointing season i mean we could look at a lot of positives from the season, but you know, Dak had the highest interceptions that he's had all career long in the shortest amount of games. It's just it was it was a gut wrenching season for for Cowboys fans. For and us you're leading me absolutely, and you're leading me right into my second question, which was about Dak. This was a very odd season for him because the intercept. I mean, and people talk about well, he's always thrown double digit interceptions. I put up the graph. I think I have it right here. The graph about quarterbacks who have had double digit pick seasons. It's staggering. I mean, most of the league has done yeah. it. So, but it, it was it was like you said, the volume, and it was it was is the un, uh, is the uncharacteristic uh, mistakes. Uh, you know, just telegraph passes. It, it, it was odd to see. What's sort of your your takeaway on Dak season? Because there were some high highs. Like I said, I think Tampa was probably the highest of highs. I mean. If nothing else, he did retire Tom Brady, but then yep. the very lowest of lows, the two bad picks against San Francisco and just not generating anything offensively. What what was your view on Dak this year? So, I mean, shout out to Dak Prescott for winning uh, uh, Walter Payton Man yeah. of the Year. I mean, hu huge uh, accolade there. I mean, Dak's a great guy. You you, you watch his interviews. You, a great person. Great guy. Um, my, my view on him, I, I mean, Barry Grant, uh, junior uh, has been on our show a few times where we want to bring on somebody who can have the other side opinion on Dak um, right. come at us optimists, but he just, he didn't look comfortable all season long. And I'm, and I'm a big fan of uh, aggressive playing. I don't mind if, if a, if a high pick count is on a quarterback's rating, I know turnovers are what technically will lose you ball games, but I liked seeing some of that aggressive nature from Dak, um, but he was just too inconsistent. He's too inconsistent, and it almost looks as though Kellen Moore, um, RIP for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore, yeah. uh, it looked like he was trying to do too much for our, our our quarterback. So I think the fact that Kellen Moore is out and we have Mike McCarthy coming in and we're going to – it almost feels like they're going to simplify the offense, which is similar to what they did with Cooper Rush. When Cooper Rush was at the helm, they simplified the offense for him, and it was able to kind of hold that ship right. But as soon as Dak gets in there, it's like the stigmatism that he's a forty million dollar quarterback. He needs to be throwing it, and some of the some of the calls were probably just too complicated, and he didn't look sure of himself. And it's weird to say that it's too complicated because you look at that San Fran game, and the one person he throws to in in, in that pick is the only guy that is not open. You had three yeah. receivers wide open, 
uh, not or two other receivers and and a and a running back wide open, and you could have thrown it to any one of them. But yet he throws to somebody, and he it's not like he was being pressured. He has tons of tons of time. So yeah. I don't know what's in his head right now. I I think it was just, I think it was just there was a lot, way too much pressure, and the fact that he just seemed so off, um, was concerning. So. Yeah, I mean that's that was a long-winded uh, answer. No. I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, you. I mean, you pretty much summed up his season. I mean, and especially I think the San Francisco game was was obviously a huge disappointment. You score thirty-one against Tampa, and then you you come up with only twelve and one touchdown against the Niners. And you, you know, I, I think it was a combination of the two things that. One which was was not on Dak's side. And people know. I mean, crap! I'm wearing his freaking hat today. I'm a huge <laughs> Dak Prescott fan, as people out there know. Um, I think I think some of it is you have one elite receiver on your roster. And again, like I gave the stat for the Cowboys this year, they were dead last as a group in terms of yards of separation. Is that on the talent? Is that on the offensive coordinator? Is a combination of both. But then in terms of Dak, like you said, there was the 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 sort of hesitancy. Uh, again, the offensive line really came on at the end of the season, especially yep. around the playoffs, despite yep. some of the injuries. Um, and like you said, it was he was missing reads. It, it, it felt like more than anything, it was a mind game uh, with him. Well, you you brought yeah. up a good point about the receivers and creating that separation because I mean, if you look at, I mean, and and CD Lamb is a fantastic wide receiver. Yes, is he ready to take that number one uh, receiver role? Yeah, arguably he should. But when we don't have any route running uh, receivers on the team, where Dak can use that as like a safety net, where I know where that guy is going to be every single time, he defaults to uh, Dalton Schultz and. There is a lot of there were a lot of passes this year where our team became, you know, Team USA for volleyballing and they would just toss these a pass would yeah. come right to their hands and they just volleyball it up and, and that's, shot against the Titans 100%. So it's just like you don't have it was refreshing when TY Hilton came on because it felt like okay great we have that Amari Cooper kind of veteran on the team who can help uh pro- provide that safety net for Dak Prescott because ultimately something is just not clicking for rain dakota prescott and it it, it's a combination of mental it's a combination of your receiving core and as soon as you lose trust with some of those predetermined route runs and they're not where they're supposed to be well yeah dak prescott's going to start second guessing himself and he's going to question himself and he just he's going to be all off and that's we saw it. it that's exactly what the entire season was yeah, absolutely. And and John Rivera has a suggestion. John says, uh, just trade Dak to the Jets. I, I know you would love that, John. Uh, he'd be obviously a massive upgrade for Zach Wilson. Massive upgrade. Um, <laughs> and and Gra- the Grady's got an explanation. This is interesting. He said Dak literally rushed back from a hand injury uh, on his throwing hand. That Listen, I'm not one to usually give the injury excuse. I, and th- the hand was never something I really brought up all season long. Uh, I have a hard time believing it hel- it. it, it, it was a a a huge uh, issue for Dak. I mean, consider the fact that he he was seemed like he could have played in that. I remember that Week Six game against Philly. Yep. He was warming up. Not to mention he played two games and had a bye before the Packers game. Yep. Um, that uh, the thumb could have been a problem. I, I'm not so certain it was. Adam. Well, Bry- Bryson, think about it. Three seasons in a row, you have some form of injury, right? So he has the massive mm-hmm. injury back in 2020. Um, 2021, he has a slight injury. Uh, and when he came back, arguably after those first six games, he looked fantastic. After that, that coming back from that slight injury uh, of last season, he just he again felt a little off. So then you get get him in first the first game of the season, and to go down with an injury, 
there's no way that that doesn't mentally mess with you. And that could possibly be one of those compounding things. So I'm, 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 a, I'm in agreement with you about the let's not use the injury excuse. I think it is mentally affecting him because it's been like three, it's been three years in a row. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, it's one of those situations where, you know, may, may, maybe does he think that he's Mr. Glass? Does he think that every single year he's going to go down? Is he letting Cowboy Nation down? Is he not living up to his contract? Well, all of that stuff came true because he did let us down. He didn't live up to his contract expectations, arguably this year, because we didn't make it to an NFC championship. And I think that's that, that's the block. Like we, we we defeated one stigmatism of Tom Brady this year, and we finally won against Tom Brady. Um, didn't didn't win against Rodgers when we lost to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, uh, during that awful game. And then the other one is that we haven't made it to an NFC Championship. It's just it's that same thing that everybody that everybody uh, uh, points on to Cowboys fans. Cowboys are going to do cow- Cowboys are going to do Cowboys things. Cowboy fans are going to say that we're going to win the Super Bowl. It's like. I think mentally as an athlete, you're getting paid that amount of money. You want to win. You want to do well. You, we can't, it'd be silly for us to not think that that has uh, an effect on these athletes. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, in terms of the off season, this is going to be a very fascinating off season for, for the Cowboys, because I think their, their need at wide receivers is pretty obvious. I think there's guys in free agency they could possibly get. This is, again, I, I want to remember the fact that this this is a wide receiver loaded draft. I know you guys have talked about my man Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I think he'd be a perfect fit yeah. uh, at either the number two or even the slot guy I think would be a better fit for him than Mike McCarthy's offense. Um, are there any major holes in the Cowboys roster that sticks out to you in terms of what they could address in the draft or in free agency? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you you just you you mentioned it, the wide wide receiving core. Like, let's not just think that we have to draft these players. I know that's a thing for the Cowboys; they want right. to have born and bred Cowboys. But possibly with uh, Kellen Moore um, going over to LA and Mike McCarthy taking a little bit more responsibility in the offense, possibly could this be the year that we sway Jerry Jones to to really go out and find these non drafted. Uh, receivers and i think we got to we got to trade we got we got to make those trades we got to bring in you know i i know uh uh trevon diggs is is trolling everybody that by trying to get stefan diggs over but i mean yeah. w- what's to say that we can't get an elite receiver onto the team to help con- uh complement cd lamb so i definitely think that something needs to happen in um the wide receiver room i don't necessarily i'm not in favor of us relying solely on the draft but I think we need to definitely get someone signed through free agency. Um, last two years, uh, we've seen two teams make it to the Super Bowl because they were aggressive yes. in the offseason, making free agency trades uh, and, 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 and shoring up their shortcomings. Eagles are in the bowl this year. Rams were in the bowl last year. So if we want to follow suit, we have to make those plays. We were like dormant during the free agency. We were dormant during the offseason. Um, you know, the only thing that we did was almost like a negative. We gave away Amari Cooper for a fifth round draft pick. Like, what the heck is that? Yeah. So I think getting getting the wide receiver room, um, um, get a get a, a fast wide receiver who's who's a not a first year rookie from the draft or somebody that who who's big body who almost could play like a tight end. I'd love to see I'd love to see that type of veteranism coming to the to the wide receiver room. And then obviously our we're we're needing some cornerback and safety help in my mind. Um, you know, Diggs is is one of our can fan favorite players. Uh, every time he 
gets an INT, we we shotgun, but Diggs isn't gonna tackle. Diggs isn't gonna Diggs is gonna be Diggs. We want him to be that INT. And when Anthony Brown went down this year, uh, we saw that we struggled a lot. So that depth in the cornerback position has been tough. So cornerback and safeties is 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 an area that um, you know, I think we definitely need to to do some work in. Um, and then, you know, O line or D line, I'm I'm always happy with uh adding to that because again. You see, guys, see some of those guys, some of those big guys go down, and and we're we're lacking in depth there. Yeah, I think addressing depth is huge, and especially you, you hit on a point I was going to talk about in terms of the aggressiveness. The Rams last year and the Eagles this year getting to the Super Bowl. I think there's even more of a sense of urgency considering the fact that you look at the NFC today, Adam. Dak's probably the second best quarterback. Yep. Uh, now with the retirement of Brady, if you want to say Rodgers is the guy, Jalen Hurts is the guy. You know, he's he's in that discussion. And, you know, in terms of not just the quarterback's uh, depth being weak, but I'd say, I mean, the freaking Giants got to the playoffs. Uh, you know, some of these teams, yeah. like Seattle snuck in. So yep. uh, there's, I don't think they're that far off uh, of winning the NFC. I think AFC would be a different story because of the quarterback depth there. So speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, this is, this has got to be the absolute worst case scenario for, <laughs> for you guys. Oh man, Having- it, 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 literally, it literally is... There's nothing worse in the world than Philadelphia Eagle fans. So the fact yes. that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl is it it's it's been nonstop for the last three weeks. <laughs> it's been it's been the worst thing in the world. And it's like, okay, well, I guess we're we're cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're not gonna cheer for I don't care if the Eagles are in our division. I'm not cheering for the Eagles. I can't at imagine. all. I can't imagine Cowboys, Giants, or Commanders fans cheering for Philadelphia. I can't imagine anybody cheering for Philadelphia no, unless you're, you're from the city. It's, I, I can't imagine. So I'm just going to actually. And, you know, and, and Bryson, they get, like, look, you want to compliment their team, but the fact that their fan base is is so terrible, yeah. it just it, it makes giving them the, you know, giving credit where credit's due. Like, the, I, I still think that if it was us in the NFC Championship game, we would have been able to take the take the Eagles out because we have their number. But sure, it's easy to say that when we're sitting when we're sitting here and, and our team's on the couch. So that's fair. That's fair <laughs> enough. Before I, I'm going to ask you point blank your prediction. But before I do, let me. We've had other guests on throughout the week. So uh, everybody, all four guests have gone with the Kansas City Chiefs. Alfred said 28 24. John said 31 28. Patrick said 27 24. And Mike Guido yesterday said 31 uh, to 24. So all close games, all within one score, and all fairly high scoring. Uh, Adam, I'm just going to ask you point blank: Who wins Super Bowl 57? Yeah, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty close to Guido's score, thirty-one uh, thirty. I think it's going to be right down to wow. the, right down to the wire. I think it's going to be a game where they shut down Jalen Hurts. They're going to shut down, um, shut down that team. I mean, if you look at how the Philadelphia Eagles are structured, you you have to eliminate their number one weapon, and obviously AJ Brown and um, Devontae Smith and uh, and Miles Sanders. They're they're great players, but we saw what the Eagles are like without Jalen Smith. So I think, you know, he's going to, he's still going to make it into the end zone. He's probably going to have three rushing touchdowns. Um, but yeah, 30, 31, 30 is, is kind of what I'm calling it for the KC. All right. Kansas and City. Not, thir- yeah. And I'm not a Mahomes. I'm not, I'm not that much of a Mahomes fan either. I really? don't even, Yeah. I think he, you know, I like watching him. He's exciting, but I'm not like, this is, it's just like a whatever. Like we're going to be streaming the Super Bowl, and we're going to not really be paying as much attention. Like to like we're we're going to still watch it. I just want an exciting game. 
Yeah. And I don't want the Eagles to win. Exciting game. No Eagles winning. That's what I'm hoping for for the Super Bowl. So like a Chiefs game winning drive just to just to drive the dagger in deeper. Oh man, that would feel so good. <laughs> that, that would feel great. that would feel so good with like 30 seconds to go that Mahomes oh. comes through and he and he pulls that Brady and he yeah. and he does that. like that that would that would feel so good. <laughs> well, listen, it's it, it, it's kind of like again the 13. If he can if he can score in 13 seconds against Buffalo, 30 seconds is an eternity yeah. uh, for that guy. So no, absolutely. Now, last question for uh, for y'all and for y'all's show. So you said you're going to be doing a stream during the Super Bowl uh, on Sunday. Tell people where they can find that, where they need to check it out. Yeah, any any platform um, that you're that you're driving with, we're at Cowboys Can Fan. Uh, our primary our primary streaming area is YouTube. So if you follow us uh, at Cowboys Can Fan on YouTube, um, we'll be doing a kind of watch long. We have a lot of diehards who show up in the chat and we have a good time. Um, and then any other platform at Cowboys Can Fan, we keep it easy, easy breezy. Yes, sir. Adam, welcome to Carving It Up Live. Appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to need to get Anth and Alex on the show. We need to get oh, all yeah. three of you on the show at some point. That'd be great. It, it could be messy uh, there, Bryson. You know that. <laughs> yeah, listen, I've, I've seen the show enough times to know. They, it gets wild, but that's why I love y'all's show. You're outstanding, and it's great to have you uh, as a team out on the grid. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Bryson. Adam Bessie of the Dallas Cowboys, or the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. i got to stop calling it the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, no, he, he he brings up some good points um, when he talks about because uh, that's something I didn't address was the – lack of depth at corner, not just Anthony Brown going down, but Jordan Lewis, who's their nickel corner going down was a killer injury for them uh, when it was all said and done. So uh, no, he makes some good points before I get to my next guest. I've got some comments here from Grady. He says, I work with an Eagles fan. I swear he's made me want to punch him in the face the, the last two weeks. Well, listen, your, your, your coworker uh, is not special, Grady. They all want to make you punch, punch them in the face. It, it is, and by the way, I'm not suggesting violence, by the way, obviously, but they're, they're, oh, they're insufferable. I, I can't stand Eagles fans. I'm, I'm with Adam and I'm with you, Grady. He says, I'm a Patriots fan, so you know where my loyalty uh, lies in the Super Bowl. Andy recoaching against his former team is a very underrated storyline, and I'll bet he'll be motivated. No question about it. And Andy Reid is the ultimate class. I mean, if you don't like Andy Reid, you've you, you got major problems. It's, it's a you problem, uh, as I say. So, like I said, not just the Andy Reid storyline, but the the Kelsey storyline, right? I mean, who does who does Mama Kelsey pull for? Both of her sons have rings. Uh, she's obviously got the jersey where I think it's – I'm pretty sure it's Travis in the front, Jason on the back, or maybe I'm getting it mixed up. But, it, again, there's there's so many great storylines in this game. Uh, Cowboys Can't Fit Podcast, thanks for having us on the show. Thank you for coming on the show, Adam. And like I said, we're gonna need to get we're gonna need to get the whole gang in here because that'll be an absolute blast. Uh, and please check out the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast on the Grid. Our next guest, like our guest from yesterday's show, co-founded the Grid Network. You know him, you love him. He's been on the show quite a few times. It is the host of the All Even Podcast. Would you please welcome back to Carving Up Live? <laughs> Barry Grant Jr. Barry, how you doing, my man? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Is so, it? No, it is. It, re it really is. It really is. It really is. It's always good to see you, man. Okay. So I just, I, I want to get you I I on the show because my first topic, I it it's, I wanted you to be in the building when I said this because I, I, I didn't tease this on social media or anything. Maybe I should have, but I've got a little bit of a, a mini announcement to make. You ready for this? Yeah. I can't fight anymore. LeBron James, the greatest player of all time. <laughs> I can't. 
fight anymore, Barry. <laughs> I'm running out of arguments. <laughs> you win. You win. You I was, listen. I I was not expecting that, but I ain't gonna lie to you, man. You just made my weekend. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for making this old man, this miserable man, very very happy right now. So I appreciate how, how, Listen, I, however I can brighten up your day, I'll do so. But I, I truly feel that way. I mean, you know, I was talking about with Mike yesterday, and I just, I just got to thinking, like, Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, man, I mean, what, what case can I make? Yeah, he's got more rings, but LeBron's got the longevity. He's got more points. He's a better passer. He's a better rebounder. He's... And think about it. Think about this, Bryson. Let's think about his numbers, right? Because if everybody, people like to always talk about six and zero, right? That's that's always the argument when they come about the Jordan thing. Oh, six and zero, six and zero. Okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and put some other numbers out there. How about fourth all time in assists? How about mm. ninth all time in three pointers made? How about he's going to finish his career in top ten in rebounds? So all of those things matter too. So. I'm just saying, if you want to go ahead and put numbers out there, there's a lot of numbers out there. Braun is literally the first to every scoring milestone in NBA history. He's gonna, he was the first, to t- the quickest to 10,000, the quickest to 20,000, the quickest to 30,000, and he's going to be the only 40K scorer in NBA history. So I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, I like I said I give up. I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, the the, uh, the Cowboys can fan has a has has an explanation. They said uh, you did that to make berries up on all of our Dak talk. I <laughs> know uh, it's the God's truth. It's how I feel. Listen, I I, I couldn't. I'll, I'll get in that more. Maybe like get out of week. here. All right, you get out of here. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that right now. We talk about Braun. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to Dak later on. But I do want to talk about LeBron James. It was a. Uh, Obviously, you're a Lakers fan and a LeBron fan, so Tuesday night had to be absolutely heaven for you. Yeah. Um, well, except the loss. Except, except the, the loss. loss. The loss sucked, obviously. But just the, one of the great moments in the history of the NBA uh, to do so, obviously, with Kareem in attendance, uh, the commissioner with, uh, the, like I said, the A-list of A-list celebrities, yeah. Denzel and Jay-Z. What yeah. was your reaction, your takeaway to LeBron's LeBron passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with a cool 36 points in three quarters, mind you, uh, and, and where – what what this means for his legacy. I think I think it was beautiful in regards to how everything just kind of unfolded. Um and you know Kat being there and being supportive and um you know just being very gracious because you know when he passed uh Wilt in 84 you know there was no gracious um passing of the torch. You right. know Will didn't care. Will didn't want anybody to take his record. So for him coming from that type of old school mentality, you know, being gracious, obviously he had his, he had his run-ins with LeBron, but very eloquently kind of laid it out in a, um, in an interview saying that, you know, he just never thought that Braun would ever look at him as somebody that he can speak to or look up to. Like he had Kobe, he had magic, he had all these other guys. And he kind of just felt like the old guy in the room where you really want to speak to me. 
So, do, I yeah. mean, did you really think that what I say matters? But we have to remember that LeBron James is a historian of the game. He appreciates yes. legends. He he understands every particular milestone and achievement that has happened in this league. So to have somebody like the cap be in his corner, be there for, for you know, him breaking the record, it, it, it's, it, it's everything. Magic was there. I mean, it was just it, – it, it couldn't have been – laid out any better in regards to you know i think lebron james arguably maybe not even arguably maybe the greatest professional career ever in any just, sport yeah just the way just the way it kind of plays out like this kid has had pressure since the time that he was 12 years old and for a kid to be able to come into the league as a kid now you see pictures of lebron when he came in he looked like a child he was literally a child and him being able to take that pressure, carry a, a, a terrible franchise on his back, turn that franchise around, make them lucrative, make them a contender for the NBA title, you know, go through his struggles, go to Miami, become the villain, then be loved again, go back to Cleveland, is celebrated, wins a title, goes to L.A., you know, not really embraced because of the whole Kobe thing and the culture and wins a title and now he breaks the record in a Laker uniform. And now Laker fans are like, all right, we, we yeah, yeah. You're, you're that guy now. Okay. Yeah. We, you. Like, you know what I mean, so for him, you know, never really having a misstep in his personal life to be, you know, placated in the media and listen, we're all human. We, but you know, for him to take care of his friends and them building the business, like they everything that he did is just storybook. It literally is. So, you know, and, and the fact that he's continuing to play at a high level at 38 years old. You have to understand, Bryson, me and LeBron James are the same age. That's crazy. We old man same level in regards to physical. Not even we let's not talk about the money wise. We're just talking about yeah, the yeah. physical. This guy is at another level that I don't think that any basketball player might ever reach again because of you know the the wear and tear on your body. He's literally played like five extra seasons because of the postseason alone. Yeah. So true. just 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 think about how many years that is. He's going on twenty seven years or whatever it is in his career. Like that in itself, USA Basketball. All that, but this guy has done a lot of things. So it's it's the greatest career and it's the greatest hallowed record in sports. There's only one that. I think is is higher than that, and that's forty two fifty six. Forty two. That's Pete Rose. Oh, okay. I was gonna say the home run record. I was thinking you were gonna say nah. The home run record can be beat. Forty two fifty six will never be beat. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Especially how how baseball's changed in the in the yeah. last decade or so. So, but no, you you sort of you use the word storybook, and that's what I said in yesterday's show. His is one of the greatest stories, if not the greatest story we've ever had in American sports, given what he came from. Uh, you know, again, who calls a 16 year old the chosen one? And he, it, 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 no, it's it, it's one of the great stories that we've seen. Again, people like to to nitpick on yeah. and off the court, and it's. It's it's kind of it's almost gotten silly at this point. It has it's been very so hard to like the people that still yeah. nitpick at him. It's just like, what's wrong with you? Like, you get me? Like, you really have to start looking internally. Like, all right, you're picking at this dude, but why? Like, that you can't pick at his family life. You can't pick at his marriage. You can't pick at his philanthropy. You can't pick at anything. So, what are you actually picking at? 
I used to always sure. ask people that about Kobe Bryant and, and, and rest in peace to Kobe. It's like, why do you hate Kobe so much? Oh, well, he thinks yeah. he's Jordan. Well, he's 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 mirroring himself after one of the greatest players to ever walk the planet. So why is that some reason to hate him? If he was mimicking somebody and didn't do it as great as he did it, then you can be able to have an argument. But yeah. he mimicked one of the best and did it very, very good to the point where you can arguably put him in the top seven, top eight all time in regards to guys that have walked the planet. So is that a real reason to hate somebody? It's just weak. And the and the LeBron hate, all the stuff that I see, it's weak. It really is. I've got Kobe fourth, by the way. I've got him as my fourth Listen, I, of all time. I, and I'm not, I can't, I can't debate you. That's your list. That's yeah. your Mount Rushmore. That's fine. And that's why these things are fun because you can always – you know, kind of swap out and swap in guys like, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's it, it's whatever you've seen and whatever you've experienced. Like the way I look at Mount Rushmore's of great players, and we're kind of getting off track, but we'll get back sure. on. Um, it's how you influence the game, right? Like mm -hmm. your impact influentially on the game. And guys like LeBron, uh, um, uh, Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem, Bill Russell, those five to me changed basketball. Sure. And that's why for me, that's why they're in my all time top five. I feel you there. I feel that. that's not a bad top five at all. Um, Grady disagrees. He says, LeBron has certainly closed the gap, but I challenge you. If it's not about rings, what is it about? Play to win the game, plain and simple. Can't just throw that argument out. I don't think you, you can throw that argument out, but what sort of my case is, you know, obviously we talk about Bill Russell 11 rings, but here, but not just the Bill Russell 11 rings because one could say, well, he won an era with eight teams and all that. Here's what I would say. Nobody puts Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the GOAT discussion. He has just as many rings as Michael and, and more MVPs. Right. And was great for longer. Now, I right. think Michael's above Kareem, no question right. about it. But, but Kareem was one of the ninth wonders of the world. Yeah. he. I always, I've always said this. High school, college, and the NBA, Kareem's the greatest player ever. There's nobody the better. Three. I agree. I agree. 100%. Uh, probably the greatest high school player. If you want to debate between him and LeBron, knock yourself out. There's plenty of other great high schools out there. But still, I'm still giving it to Kareem. <laughs> I, I am too. No, he he was. Uh, yeah. I mean, what did he lose like two games at UCLA? Yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. crazy. I mean, it was like yeah. by combined five points or something. He was, was amazing. unbelievable. Amazing. Um, so shifting to uh, actually, we won't shift from your Lakers. Let, let's go right to the Westbrook thing because okay. I know you were you were so happy. You are literally uh, you sound like a little a little songbird oh, on you, you, uh, social media. You want, What's you, that? Want sing, you want to sing with me? I Ready? don't want to sing with you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. It's a very painful sight. Very pa <laughs> painful sound for those listening. They'll turn my show off. Uh, they'll turn our show off. Both of our shows. But but for for Russell Westbrook, you 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 and I both. I mean, from the jump, from was it July of 2021, hated the trade for many reasons. Even before that, Bryson. I mean, yeah. I remember. I remember when the rumor started. Yeah. I went to YouTube and please go on my YouTube channel. You can go ahead and timestamp that thing. And you can see exactly what I said, that it's bad. Don't do it. Stay away. It's not a good look. It's a bad fit on so many different levels. It's not going to work. And I had people, <laughs> I don't want to call, call out any names in here, but, you know, John John from Fan by, oh, Westbrook, triple double man. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this man has been in decline for years. Yeah. And the only reason why everybody keeps saying that he's good and he's great is because, one, he plays very hard. I always give him credit for that. Yes. And two, people got fooled by the triple doubles. It fools people. It really does. 
It is a nothing stat. It does not it does not compute to wins. It does not compute to championships. So triple doubles to me, it, it don't really mean much. So for him to be able to stamp his claim on that record, that is something that probably will never be touched. Maybe Luca breaks it. I can see Luca breaking it. Sure. Um, you know, Jokic may get close as well, but you know, that's something that's an individual achievement. And listen, it respect to him, but it doesn't equate to winning. It doesn't equate to team basketball. It doesn't equate to plus minus. It doesn't equate to none of those things. So for me, I looked at it from a mere basketball standpoint, from a mere basketball fit, and it did not make sense. And we've seen what they've looked like for two years, and it's not shocking to me at all. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, so, uh, sort of, and not getting too off track talk about Westbrook, but the thing I always said about the, the triple-double was, that, I mean, you, you hit on some aspects of it that it's, it's not necessarily conducive to winning, but, you know, the triple-double didn't really become a big deal until Westbrook did it. And to his credit, right, Bre- breaking yeah, Oscars, single-season and all-time record, right. deserves all the credit in the world for and that. Did it and, out, what, and did it three out of four years. That's impressive. Yes. No, I think he did it four out of five, Barry. Yeah, four out of five. Okay, yeah, four, there you go. Four out of five years. So, right. but the thing I always said, and people said, well, what about we don't, you know, we give Steph Curry credit for the three point shot, and you know, the three pointer wasn't really as emphasized until Steph. And I said, yeah, that literally changed how basketball was played, and it was conducive to winning. So that's right. to me, that's a different discussion, different, different conversation. Right. Um, for what? So obviously, obviously, you're you were a fan of the trade, just getting him out of there. Uh, my t- takeaway was not just adding the pieces that they added: D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, in a different trade, Mo Bamba. Um, the the thing for me was you heard the report too about the toxicity in the locker room. Someone said um, it was like removing a, a vampire. I think it was. Now, now that that is, I don't overblown. Like I don't like that. Like, okay. see, there's a lot of times where there's things that get told to the media, right? You know, some you 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 go speak to a source. And the source to tell you this is this this is what happening blah blah blah, and then there'll be an off the record comment where they're they're just talking shop, right? Yeah, that's something that you should never. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Put out in the media or in the public sphere because that is painting an image that I listen. I'm not a Westbrook fan, but at the end of the day, he has kids, and that's something that you don't want to have them have to explain and fight over in school and stuff like that. That is a disrespectful comment. That's something that maybe they said, like I said, in in regards to just being a, you know, off the record type of conversation, you know, drink conversation. That's not something that you should actually report because we all understand that he wasn't a good fit for a myriad of reasons. And he could be a guy that sucks the energy out of a team. But we don't need to hear that particular phrasing or characteristic of what you want to call him. That was low. I didn't like that. But and, and the thing I've always said about Westbrook, I, I've always said this. I, I think he's a, I think he's an A plus guy. Yeah, I, I know that there was a story 
back from the bubble when the Rockets got eliminated that he left some kind of crazy tip for the, the person cleaning his hotel room. Like he's he's a good dude. Nobody will ever um, say he's a bad person off the, off yeah. the court. It's just, you know, on, on the on the court, it's a completely different situation. So yeah, his, his, his game, he, he, even when he was his prime, his game drove me crazy. So right. As far as the Lakers are concerned, obviously I think it's a sub- addition by subtraction type of situation. But you, as a Lakers fan, how did you view the trade as well as the other guys that you were able yeah. to bring into the building? I, I think that Rob Palinka, you know, he's been getting killed all season. Uh, he's been getting including by you for the record, right, including by me. I've I've killed him. I've killed Darvin Ham. I'm still killing Darvin Ham because I don't like what I'm seeing. But um, for what Rob gave up for Westbrook two years ago, I think he finally made a trade that looked like he won the trade. This was this was such a good deadline that I gave the Lakers an A. I think they had an A deadline because what they did was they they got rotational young athletic pieces for two guys that you weren't going to keep. Let's think about that. Yeah. Patrick True. Beverly, you got rid of him and got Mo Bamba for him. You get rid of Westbrook and you get three rotational young pieces that you can be able to build on for the future. And even if they don't make the playoffs this year, this team is looking very good for next season. Sure. And and if they and if things don't work out or if there's a deal that comes into play in the offseason, you now have tradable assets that you can be able to attach to a draft pick and be able to go get somebody else. So they have given themselves flexibility that they did not have for the last two seasons when they had Caruso and they had Kuzma and they had KCP and Montrez Harrell and all of these other guys. They now have that flexibility back. And this is why I think the Lakers are in one of the best spots that they've been in since the bubble championship, honestly. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what they added too, and I I gave the stat to Mike Guido, and I think I may have retweeted it, that Prior to the deadline, they had three players shooting over 35% from right. three. Now they have six. Exactly. And so, and we all, we know LeBron loves having shooters around oh, him. Yeah. And something else, too, the Lakers were a very guard heavy team. And you, you, you've been as critical as anybody of Darvin Ham about these three guard lineups with Schroeder and Pat Bev and Russ. I don't get it. Yeah. Get it, it. No, it makes no sense uh, whatsoever. We were talking about that the other day, but. You add not just not just shooting, but you add athletic wings. Don't forget the Rui Hachimura trade uh, a week ago or so. So, and again, awesome. you're adding him, awesome. Vanderbilt. For nothing. For absolutely gave him like Kendrick Nunn or something. So nothing. Uh, again, they only had to give up one of those two picks that right. for a while it seemed like they were just so you know so uh, attached to. And here's um, the thing: I don't even know if you know about this, Bryson. That pick, if the Lakers end up, you know, um, getting the top four, say they have one of the top four picks, and that pick gets conveyed to the Jazz, it turns into a second. Wow. Okay. So it's a it's a win win. And the second round pick, yeah, I mean the second round pick has 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 been a a a weird aspect. You you bring up that I was not aware of that, but you talk about again the Warriors trading those five second round picks to bring Gary Payton back. You had who was it else trade the five first rounders Uh, for Jay Crowder? I think Milwaukee. Yeah, I think it was it was a I think it was four second rounders and one first. Okay. Listen, there's a lot there's a lot of picks that been that were thrown around, especially for you know you know, ancillary pieces, second round picks were getting thrown around like, like wildfire, like hotcakes. So, yeah, you know, it was, um, but yeah, the I think, like I said, Rob Palenka, I, he really, really did a good job. And the one thing that I liked is that there was no leakage. There was no rumors or this has happened. It just bang, it just happened. So 
Um, kudos to Rob, man. Uh, I think they did a great job, like I said, restocking the shelf, getting young assets. Um, I think D'Angelo Russell, he's going to get maybe a two or three year extension, um, which which lines up, you know, with LeBron and AD and stuff like that. So, you know, for 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 the next two years, two and a half years, I think the Lakers put themselves back in a, in a very decent spot. Last Laker question. So you you mentioned I agree that a lot of these these moves seem to be more aimed not necessarily towards trying to maybe sneak in the plan and into the playoffs this season, but possibly making a run in the future. Yeah. Uh, what would be as a Laker fan something that? Uh, what would be the I wouldn't say the ideal season because the ideal season is to win a championship, but seasons end, Laker season ends in what spot? And you're like, okay, I, th- 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 this is I will take this over what we had obviously, which the disaster last year was. I think I think. For me, if they make a strong finish in these next 27, 27, 26 games, I think for me, that would show a lot. Um, you know, if they finish strong, if they make a real strong, legitimate push, um, it's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking okay. for energy. I'm looking for fight. I'm looking for toughness. That's what I'm looking for out of this team. And I think with this particular roster, you know, just watching D'Angelo Russell's press conference today, uh, the maturity that he's had, you know, he just he just looks like a different guy. Yeah. Um. You know, Jared Vanderbilt, just, that kid is just nothing but a ball of energy. Um. You know, uh, uh, Beasley, that that kid can shoot it. You know what I'm saying? So they have they and and the other throwing guy, throwing guy. You got uh, Dave, uh what's his Davon Reed. You know, yes. that's the guy that yeah. can play too. So you know, we can't can't really um can't really forget about that. So they. I just want to see effort. And and I've I said on my 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 Twitter um that I'm tired of seeing Anthony Davis pout and yeah, complain. Yeah. You know, even today they asked him about why he was mad and he I gave his that. explanation and granted I will take him at face value because that is an honest assessment. You're mad, you're frustrated, and you're losing the game. That's his that's one of his best friends if not his best friend. We know how he feels about LeBron James. So it had nothing to do with the moment. I think he was just frustrated by the by how they were losing to the Thunder, who are very well coached. But for him, my message to Anthony Davis is, if you're tired of losing these games, do something about it. Sure. Don't be the guy to start pointing fingers and say, well, we're just not playing good. What are you doing? Because if you're going out there and giving 23 points and 12 rebounds on 8 of 19 shooting, that's not good enough to win games. You need to be the guy that LeBron wants you to be, that L.A. wants you to be. I remember, you know, real quick story and we can move on. Pau Gasol was so criticized when he got here because he was an international player, a European player. He saw if we got beat by Boston and they outmuscled us and they punked us around in that finals. And he, it was a long summer for him. He came back. He never wavered. He was always tough. He was always available. Kobe respected that guy, and they won two championships back-to-back. And the rest is history. He's going to get his jersey retired as a Laker. Yep. That's not something to sneeze at. That's a guy that did something about it. What is Anthony Davis going to do? The team needs you. The team is struggling. Stop pouting. Stop looking like you're crying on the sidelines all the time. Stop looking like you're crying in, in, in press conferences and postgame stuff and start to do something about it. You have a 38-year-old superstar holding the team when you should be the guy holding the team. So that's what he needs to start doing, and, and that's what I want to see. 
we talked about the toxicity around Westbrook. There almost seems to be that same type of uh, of energy around Anthony wow. Davis. Yeah. yeah. Not, not not just with the off-course stuff, but obviously the injury. We, I mean, I know you post, I re retweeted what Reggie Miller said during the yeah. game last night. I mean, was he lying? I mean. No, he goes down in three weeks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We can so. get a few, few comments here. Uh, Patrick Brown, totally agree with this comment. Long live the grid, 100%. Uh, and Grady says, I really love to see uh, last year things seeing Vogel try to play Rondo in Westbrook. Oh, my goodness. That was a, that was even worse. Brutal. Yeah. I, I, I still think Vogel is, is a better coach than Darvin Ham, though. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, it's not much, but. You don't even have to say it, Bryson. Don't even I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keep quiet on that. Enough Lakers talk. Yeah. Too much of that today. Yeah, let's move 13th on, seed in the West. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, any chance you saw that uh, Phoenix Suns trade? Uh, I heard about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got Kevin Durant. What do you think about did, it? Oh, did, did, is that what they got? That's what they got. Okay. Four first-rounders, two starters. What do you think about it? I think um, I think this trade was in the works for a while. But that's what I'm hearing. I think that, you know, him and his his management team, Joe Sy and, and Sean Marks, they were literally, they you know, they kind of, quieted things in the summertime and got back into the season. But I think that this has been in the works the entire year. Um, and I think that once they got rid of Kyrie and really was done with that, they really just said to themselves, you know, we, we just want to get out of this superstar business and we just want to kind of, you know, get this, get this done, ship them out. We could do it in the off season, but why wait? Let's just get, excuse me. Let's just get it done now. So I think both teams, I think both teams won. Honestly, I, I think the Nets did very well. Um, you know, I hear a lot of people saying that they didn't get a star, but at the end of the day, they got a guy that almost won defensive player of the year last year. So, you know, that, that in itself is good. You have a budding super, not, I'm not going to say superstar, but you got a budding scoring machine in Cam yeah. Thomas. So they, all they have to do is just, just build and they don't have to be the biggest team in New York. That's going to, that's always going to be the Knicks. Just, just kind of create your own niche market in 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 new york build just like how you built with those kids with d'angelo russell and those teams were so fun to watch so you know just get back to that and i think for phoenix i think phoenix has a great shot if if they can stay healthy that's yeah. what it listen that's every time we talk about chris paul and kevin duran and booker it's all ifs it's all ifs ifs if if the it's not it's about if they can stay healthy and if they can be able to you know get some chemistry going in these next 26 27 games going into the playoffs so we'll see we'll we'll see what happens i'm not i'm not one of those people that likes to give people championships on paper i need to yeah. see it i need to see how it works i need to see how all the pieces fit because they have no bench bryson at all they have no depth they don't have any Point guard, backup player. I know they have. Um, they got campaign they though. Campaign, but they, they don't. They, you know, they they've lost a lot. So I want to see what happens to them on the buyout market. I think Reggie Jackson might be somebody they're looking at. So you know, we'll see. I think um also uh um uh Will Barton is available as okay. well. So they might pick him up. You know, the Clippers made a lot of moves as well. So if Phoenix can be able to plug those holes, then we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. But I, I need to see how it works. I need to see how it fits. Do you, Maybe this is an appropriate question to ask because of what you just said. Do you possibly see them as the favorites in the West? I, I still got – I still think Denver's better. Okay. I, I like Denver a lot myself. I still think Denver's better. I like, like I said, 
I'm not going to put anybody over a team that's been working and busting their butt all season and beating a lot of good teams. And Jokic may end up being a three-time MVP for the first time since Larry Bird. So, like, you know, those things matter. Like, they're still a good, very good team. So let's let's not appoint somebody else, you know, the the the, the toast of the West until we see if they can be able to compete with with the likes of of uh you know Denver and Memphis and all the let's just see how they look together healthy and go from there. That's how I that's how I evaluate things. I don't like that's, to jump the gun. Yeah, I mean you look at the West, it's 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 all of a sudden. I think the, it feels like it's a two team race the East. Maybe yeah. Philadelphia makes a run, but I have a major right. question about Harden in the playoffs yes. and B cannot stay healthy at, at that time of year. And it's it's just incredible that the Western Conference is loading up just to stop one man uh in right. the Bay Area. Uh, but you know that's that, that's how it goes. When it's the best, when you got the best play in the world, it's like with hey, the conference for you. You guys, are, you guys are the defending champs. What you want people to do? They got it. They got to retool, right? So that's it. That's, that's the way and we go. got Gary Payton back, which you know that's that a was, great move. That great was a great move. move. And only had great to flip move. James Wiseman basically to get him. Uh, the, I, I'm I'm calling I'm calling some fishy business in in oh the NBA God. offices. I'm calling some some fishy business. I don't see how a guy can get traded, uh, not even get traded, leaving free agency. Sign with another team and then miraculously come back, comes back. So, so you think it's been the works for a while? Yeah, you know, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know. Him and Poole swap jerseys after that one game. Yeah, so. right. Swap jerseys, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. A little, little conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Let's see. We got some comments here from uh, Grady. He's got a good question. He said, how about Carmelo Anthony? See him sign anywhere? Uh, I, I like Melo. Um, I like Melo too, but I think I think it's over for Melo. I think okay. – um. I think even if if he wants to go ahead and go to Phoenix, I think they listen, they can use him. He's a guy that can be able to, sure, to, to yeah. play a stretch four position. He can shoot. He can still shoot it. But defensively is their problem. If you go ahead and add a guy like Carmelo Anthony, he can't guard anybody. Yeah. So th- that's something that you don't want to have, especially with the teams that are guard heavy and, fo- and, and a lot of wing depth in the West. You really need guys that can be able to defend on, on the wings. So I, I, I yeah, maybe if they if they need some guys to be able to fill out the roster, but you know, you, you really have to be worried about them defensively, honestly. I'd like to see my Warriors pick up Kevin Love. I think that I think he'd fit well. Yeah, he, there, there's a chance he could be in the buyout market as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm so. hearing I'm hearing some rumblings too. Absolutely. He's been you taken know. out of the rotation. So right. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, you know, not many people have gotten to win a championship with LeBron and still. I think Quinn Cook and JaVale McGee. Right. So, you know, Kevin Love signs, and that's uh that's pretty much uh, set in stone. Absolutely. Um so Moving to the NFL, this is this is where we're going to disagree. So before we even talk about Dak, before we yeah. even talk about Dak, can, can you say a few nice words for me? Did win the Man of the Year last night? Oh, are we talking about Dak now? Or are we we're, we're talking about before we get uh, forget football. Just we're getting to football. Forget okay, that for a minute. I just want you to have to say some nice words about a. Let's see, we got the the bobblehead Dak right here. There, here we go. No, listen, yeah. you you know what I've always said. Don't 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 mess with me, studio yeah, back. I'll try to uh, <laughs> elbow there. <laughs> but you know, I've always said this about Dak, bro. Like, I don't I don't hate the man. I think he's a wonderful person. I think what he does off the field is phenomenal. I think his story is inspirational. You know, all the things that he's had to overcome. You know, the death of, death of his mother, the death of his, his his brothers. Like those things mold you and shape how you are. Going forward, you know, like the, the the mental struggles that he's had to deal with and overcome. So kudos to Dak. I, I respect the man and, and him getting the 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 man of the year. It, it doesn't shock me at all. I think I think it's it's well deserved. I think if you know, he's one of those guys that if you look at 
a certain type of player that you want regards to always there answering questions, being honest, being transparent. Dak Prescott gives you all of those things. So, you know, kudos to the man. Like, you you know, he, he had a pretty, uh, subpar year but at the end of the day subpar year uh on the football field tremendous year off the field so you know kudos to Dak Prescott my sentiments exactly without a question so as far as on the field now that's that's certainly a, a different discussion conversation between this <laughs> we, we, we have been we have been uh, we've been fighting about this since I've known you yeah um uh, gonna, the one thing you can never say about me Bryson is that I'm not consistent all right I'm consistent I'm consistent. I, listen, I've, I've never, I've never accused you of, of being wishy-washy at all. <laughs> so here's, here is my assessment of, of Dak this season. There was the highs were really high and the lows were unbelievably low. Uh, yeah. If you look at the two lows, the second game against Washington to me was the worst game of his career. Um, if you want to include circumstances, you could say the Niners was the worst game of his career. Uh, right. He was far worse in that one against the Niners than he was a year ago. He at least was, he was, he was okay in some stretches. Um, my takeaway on Dak was this. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The interception problem was obviously the, the kind of perfectly encapsulated a season, but the interception problem, what we've talked about, the the footwork being off. Uh, Adam was on the show talking about you know he him being very you know kind of gun shy in the pocket. Uh, these were all problems that, for the most part, weren't. We never talked about Dak being being a turnover machine the first six years of his career. We didn't. Twenty seven well, I mean, with the fumbles. What, what's that? With fumbles, he he was a little fumble rooski. That's fair. But not That's interception fair. wise. Interception wise, right. no. But uh, but yeah. So get you go ahead. Yeah, but it's something. And again, too, I, I talked about the just the up and down for the most. I mean, something else too. Handling the pressure was something that I always talked about. Dak last year, I, I constantly brought up the stat. Joe Burrow threw nine touchdown passes against the Blitz last year. Dak threw twenty-one, which the, led the league. Like that, all of these problems weren't issues the first six years. Right, they were this year. Right. Some of that, I think, Adam was talking about. Is it the contract getting in his head? Is it the pressure of being a Cowboys quarterback? Finally, yeah. probably having the best defense of his career. Right. Um, having to work with less absent C.D. Lamb in, in the wide receiver department when Kellen Moore is your O.C. Right. Base, my, my point is, the problems we saw with Dak this year were not issues the first six years of his career. That is why I think it'd be asinine to move on from him. Even if, if they can't really do that, but even if they wanted to, I think it'd be absolutely insane to do so. What say you? Yeah, I think I think for right now, I think they're committed to him for at least the next two years. They have to be, um, you know, after the two seasons, then you can be able to see what's going on. If you want if you're drafting a quarterback, if you want to move in another direction or if you decide to extend them just to be able to get a little bit more cap flexibility, I don't know what they're going to decide to do. Um, what I do know is that I think going forward, they're really going to have to have a conversation about what the structure of his contract is going to look like if they're going to extend him. And also, too, you know, we spoke about this several times that Jerry Jones, it's not that he doesn't pay his guys. He does. He's very loyal to his guys that he drafts. The problem that Jerry Jones falls into 
is that he pays the wrong guys at the wrong time. It, it, there's certain positions that you need to pay to be competitive and, and keep flexibility. Jerry doesn't do that. You know, when you see the teams that win Super Bowls, they, they spend money in certain areas and keep flexibility in other areas. You don't spend or overspend for your running backs. You don't overspend in regards to your linebacker core. You don't overspend on, on um, you know, your entire front front offensive line. There's certain pieces that you have to do that with, and then you plug and play, obviously. But so you, you have to make sure that you're spending wisely because if you don't, you're going to end up in cap problems, and that's where Dallas is right now. So we're going to see what happens with them. But for him, for Dak personally, he really has to go back, Bryson, and look at tape. Because I, I said right. on, you know, Can Fan Show, I, I think I've had conversations with you. Or maybe I, I, I said that I was going to have a conversation. I, I think I discussed it on my show that if you're in a five-step drop, yes, you, there's you no way that you can be in there with four or five hitches. The, the play's dead. Right. It's dead. So for him as a seven-year quarterback to not understand that right now, that's what concerns me. If it if it continues to happen, that's who he is. He can be able to fix those things and work on those things. But if you're in a five step drop and you're in there for too long, there's a decision that needs to be made, whether it has to get dirted, whether it has to get thrown out of bounds, whether you have to tuck it and run or, you know, do whatever or take the side. But, but you can't just sit there anymore. And that's what we saw in that San Francisco game. And that, to me, was the most troubling thing that I saw in the entire game. The missed passes, whatever. But it's the fact that you're in these drops and you're in there and you're just looking around like, dude, you got to make something happen. You can't just yeah. sit there. You can't. So for me, you know, I don't know if a change of offensive schemes or what you were saying when when Adam was here in regards to getting receivers that can be able to run great routes and have a and have a flexibility of route trees because timing for a quarterback is everything. And when you have a guy that can be able to run crisp routes and be where they need to be that can be able to alleviate some of some of his woes as well. So getting some guys in here, whether it be drafting guys that know how to run great routes, big body receivers, um, you know, maybe getting a guy in free agency, making a trade, uh, DeAndre Hawkins. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of there's a lot of things that the Cowboys can do right now to help Dak Prescott. And we're going to see if Jerry Jones does that. So, you know, it, it's really it's up to Jerry to make the right decisions. And Steven. And it's up to Dak to be able to go back to quarterback school, look at his mistakes, look at this season and say, I, I think I may need to tear this down and build myself back up and find out what happened and why my footwork. Because let's be honest, if you're looking at all the great quarterbacks, there's only one quarterback that has worse footwork than Dak Prescott. It's Aaron Rodgers. I'd but say Mahomes. I'd say Mahomes is Mahomes too, right? But when you have a plus arm like those yeah. guys, you don't need footwork. And when you can be able to throw off the wrong foot and throw it sixty-five yards, it doesn't really matter. But for a guy like Dak Prescott that that can't sling it like that, his footwork needs to be precise. His footwork, everything needs to be in rhythm and sync. And he was not this season. You can see it. Uh, go back and look at all of his four and five step drops. They just don't look good. They don't. I agree. So, you know, he has to tear that down. He has to see what's going on. He has to work on that. And then if he can, I think I think Dallas, you know, with the weapons that they have, man, I think they got a shot. So, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too. And it's something I remember talking about it. I, I, I hope I'm not misquoting uh, who the reporter was. I'm pretty sure it was Todd Archer about a month before the season. And somebody was was asking him uh, among the Cowboys media, hey, why the, why did they, you know, they trade Amari Cooper and they really don't upgrade at that position. Right. And his his words were, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, let's see, the Cowboys front office is seeing with all the money we've paid Dak, let's see if he can carry us. And my right. takeaway was he can't. Yeah. He's, he's not on the level of Mahomes or right. Burrow. He's not the guy who, so to me, those are the only two guys in the league that can yeah. carry you uh, to wherever you need to be. Like depending on what, you know, whatever's around them. Um, and you saw that you, you mentioned the timing, which I think is a good point. The time it was CD land. The first half of the season was horrible between bad. both of them. Very bad. I got the season. It was great. The, yeah. th th those plays against Philadelphia, especially the second half, uh, T Y Hilton, he seemed to hit it off with. I'd love if they brought, you know, T Y Hilton back for his sake. Right. Um, like, and, and I, I think that's a big reason why him and Amari Cooper clicked so well, because Amari is a route technician. Exactly. Uh, it's all about timing. And that's, that's why Dak didn't work with Des. Des is more of exactly. a, 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 a physical over the presence. Top. Yep. Which is why he worked with Roma. I mean, it, it's all yeah. about fit, and I don't think the receivers in Dallas necessarily fit with Dak. If right. they make the moves to upgrade at wide receiver, we'll see. Again, I liked Michael Gallup so much out of the draft in 2018. Like, and I, I think really he's going to have a bounce back year too. I, think, I got, think he will. You got to wash this year because of the injury. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and again, you guys, you, you know, I am not a Noah Brown fan at all. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody. I mean, there's a reason they use him as a blocking receiver yeah. up until this year on right. one plays right. on the goal line. So if if they do what they need to do, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins maybe seems like a little bit of a, a stretch, but even if they go get D-Hop, if they go get one of these free agent receivers, go draft somebody. Again, there's a lot of receivers in this draft, and he still has the same issues that he had this year, then I'm probably on your side. It's a completely a DAC problem. Um, but I, I think it falls more 50-50. Like you mentioned, you talked about the, uh, uh, the, the the mechanical issues that that were a problem this year. If he fixes those, they upgrade around him at wide receiver. I don't see any reason in a weak NFC they can't get to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's going to be them in Philadelphia again, right? I, I, th I think you, you can't discredit the Giants either. I think the Giants have made mm. great steps. But we have to see what Daniel Jones is going to look like. I'm skeptical. Like, really look like, right? So, you know, the guy only had 13 touchdowns and five picks. So, you know, to, to really go full in on him, I, I don't know. But I, I think it's still... The Eagles are head and shoulders the best team in the in the in the East, and then the Cowboys are are you know a couple of steps behind them. So, um, you know, we'll see. But it, it, like I said, it, it all depends on what number four comes back. Are we going to get a guy that's dedicated to be able to fix those fix those mistakes that he has? That the, these loud mistakes. There's one every quarterback makes mistakes, but yeah. the loud mistakes you have to minimize those and see if they can be able to get some weapons that can be able to help him on the outside. I don't see Dalton Schultz coming back, so I think it's going to be a Ferguson and Hendershot type of situation, and those guys can be able to handle it. I yeah, think I like they're very it. athletic. I think they're good. They're big body guys. They can be able to move, so they'll be fine there, but you have to get another receiver in here, man, that's going to – and listen, even if you draft one, you still got to sign one too. I think you should still try to find a guy via free agency or – whether it be in the in the trade situation, draft one and also trade for one and really strengthen that core. And hopefully you have Jalen Tolbert coming back next season and gives you something. They give you something. Maybe. So, you know, we'll see. We don't have to screw that much. We found some common no, ground. No, no. That was oh. good. I mean, listen, I, 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 I do my DAC bashing a lot. But what I say, there's I, I'm not coming from a place of just like no. hate. 
I'm giving no, you facts. You. I'm giving you information. If you, you know what I'm saying? If you agree, cool. If you disagree, then we can have a conversation about it or not. So that's it. That's it. A few comments here. Uh, Patrick Brown says, Darren Woodson still not in the Hall of Fame irks me. He was a critical part of the Doomsday defense, uh, too, during those title runs. Just sad. Congrats to DeMarcus Ware getting the call to Ken. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was crazy DeMarcus Ware didn't get in last year. Um, yeah. He's one of the greatest Cowboys pass rushers ever and helped the Broncos win a Super Bowl. Uh, and right. I, I, I agree. I think Darren Woodson should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I, I do. I think, I think his, his resume speaks for itself. Grady says, Dak is Tony Romo 2.0. Um, Still has a chance to, to get out of that. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I listen. If you gave me a choice between the two, I would take Dak. Right. Um, but it, he he says uh, Dallas should go out this offseason and try and get Mike Evans. Yeah, it's right. very possible. I think I think Tampa. It depends on if Tampa goes out and gets Derek Carr. I'm hearing a lot of stories. He might oh. he, he might go there. You know, there's a lot of places that he has options. But if they can't, if they're if they're going to turn it over to the rookie, then I think it might be time Rebuild. for them to really break it down and you know kind of build it back up. So. If Mike Evans is available, yeah, go get him. Go get him. That'd be a great pickup. Mike Evans, see you know, Just the one thing about him is, though, he's that he's just not, like I said, he's not a crisp route runner. He's one of those big body True. guys. So, yeah. you know, it's not really what they need. But if you if you get him, if he's available, why not? Right? You figure it out. No, he's better than what you got outside of exactly. C.D. Lamb. Right. So, we'll see. So, as for the Super Bowl, again, yeah. Two number one seeds from both conferences. Again, I said Philadelphia, I think from week one on, was the most consistently good team all year. Right. Um, and then you think about the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got, without a shadow of a doubt, the best quarterback in football, I think by a pretty comfortable margin. Yep. What What's sort of your your takeaway, starting with Kansas City? What, what's your thoughts on the Chiefs and, you know, changing the way that they they did offense this year uh, after trading Tyree Kill as more of a methodical type of an offense? What do you think about Kansas City and, and their road to getting to Super Bowl 57? I think Kansas City, uh, you know, it, it's a testament to Andy Reid. It's a testament to Patrick Mahomes. It's a testament to the guys and the role players on that team that they actually bought in. They understood exactly what they needed to do. They understood that they didn't have the home run ball um, in Tyreek Hill anymore, so they had to do things a little differently. They had to work the intermediate game. They had to, you know, maybe have a better rushing attack than they've had over the last few seasons. And, I, you know, Pacheco, he started off very slow, but towards the end of the season really picked it up as well. I think he's understanding the NFL speed, you know, speed of the game is kind of slowed down for him a little bit too. So, you know, kudos to them. They, they've they looked good defensively. I think that they're okay as well. Um, you know, you got Frank Clark and those, uh, and those guys. Um, so, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I like, I like the chiefs. I think the chiefs, you're going are with the chiefs. Team. I'm going, cause the thing is they have the advantage at quarterback and the, the, no matter what the defense is going to present Patrick Mahomes, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to understand what, what it is and weather that storm. He's seen great defenses all season. He's a guy that can be able to make things happen. That's the difference between him and Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback, but when you put pressure on Jalen Hurts, he is he is very viable or, or liable to, to make some mistakes and, and throw some early picks or some late picks. So we'll see what happens if they can be able to get some pressure and try to keep a robber on him as well and not let him get a, a whole bunch of chunk yardages uh, on the ground. So so we'll see what happens, but I, I think I, I can't go against – I can't go against Mahomes. I just do you have, do you have a score? Yeah. Uh yeah, I got a score. I have um 31 to 23. 31-23. You are the fourth, fourth uh guest out of my six who has had a 31 score. And okay. all of my guests have picked the Chiefs. Yeah. So 
But I, I'd be remiss if I, I – I know this this means a lot to you. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the fact that this is the first Super Bowl featuring two black quarterbacks. Um, Phenomenal. Consi- considering where the NFL was at, and especially I think what's what's really uh, – what it's a testament to is the fact that – think about how the stereotype about the black quarterback was for I – some. Mean, it, it even still has still parts there. of it still kind of – you know, there. It's still there in, in terms of how we evaluate some of these quarterbacks in the NFL draft. What – what do you think this moment means in terms of significance? Because I remember when Tony Dungy played or faced off against Lovey Smith, the first uh, match between black coaches. What what's sort of your takeaway on on this milestone moment? I think I think it's a celebration. I think more people should be talking about it. Um, honestly, you know, we went from hearing that we don't process the game properly. We we can't you know we can't really think at a quarterback level, right? So yeah. You know, guys like Doug Williams dropped in the draft when he shouldn't have, right? Um, you know, guys like Randall Cunningham never really got respected. Warren Moon um, had to go elsewhere and come back just to prove his worth. You know, we come, we come from that to now seeing that these two kids and their kids, so they can be able to continue to do this for the next decade or so, um, are in the Super Bowl competing um it it just speaks volumes of you know where we are where we've come the evolution of the quarterback position it used to be a drop back position now they want more scrambling quarterbacks where do you think that came from you know so it's just it's just one of those things where it's um you know it, it's good to see it's good to see that it's 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 taken this step and i would love to see it you know continue i would love to see it continue just like i'd see like to see more black coaches in the NFL. I'd like to see yeah. more black quarterbacks in the NFL as well. So, um, you know, there's not a particular number that I want to see. I just want to see more people get the respect that they deserve because guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, we've been, you know, he killed in college. And, oh, maybe you need to be a running back or a wide receiver. And it's just like you never asked Tim Tebow to do that. So and Tebow you know, could not throw the ball at all. No and offense. he couldn't throw I loved him, but right. Couldn't throw a lick. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if the skill is there, if the talent is there, you know, give guys a chance and they'll show you. And I I always say you're never going to find the next um, Sean McVay in a in a in a black head coach candidate if you don't give him a shot. It's the same thing with these black quarterbacks. If you want to if you 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 may you may see another Tom Brady come along, but he may not look like Tom Brady. He may look like me. But you got to give them a shot. So, you know, that that's that's where it comes down to. You know, it's about skill. It's about talent. It's about the will to win. It's about character. And if you find that guy, it doesn't matter what color they are, give them a shot. Totally agree. 100%. Awesome stuff as always, Barry. Looking forward. You, you got a great podcast on tap coming up pretty soon. You were telling me about it today. I, I'm, I'm looking forward. Is, can, can you preview that? or yeah, we keep that the listen, there's, there's a lot of nonsense coming, so I, I can't I, I, I can't preview it because you, know okay. you know how animated I get on it. So, it, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting tonight. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. Barry Grant Jr., All Even Podcast. Always love having you on the show, my man. Thanks for taking the time. Of course, man. I'll talk to you. Barry Grant Jr., always love him, having him on the show once again. Uh, both him and Adam, great job. So we, we got a few comments here, though, from Patrick. We got some more milestones that'll be that'll happen in this year's Super Bowl. Patrick Brown says, not to mention it'll be the first black female assistant to coach in the Super Bowl as well. She'll be on the Philly sideline. That is huge. Hats off to her for, for, for breaking barriers. Um, and he says... Uh, uh, Marlon Briscoe was the first black quarterback starting NFL game in Buffalo, right? You have that milestone. You have, um, 
Oh my gosh, Doug, Doug Williams for Washington starting become the first black quarterback to to start and win a Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's it, it's 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 a great. I think the NFL in terms of the black quarterback has made unbelievable strides. I think they leave a lot to be desired when it comes to the black head coach. Uh, so hopefully, but they made strides in you know as far as more black GMs. So hopefully we can see again the coach thing is just it's it's unbelievable. It's, it's sad, in my opinion. We have got to improve that department. But, I mean, you look around the league, some of the, the best quarterbacks on planet Earth. But like Barry said, give them an opportunity, and they'll they'll show you. I mean, he was talking about Warren Moon. Warren Moon, to me, threw one of the prettiest balls ever. Like, they, they always talked about when Warren Moon threw a pass, you could hear the th- like the, the way how it comes off his hand, they said he would get like uh almost get like uh uh, uh like he clip his nails a certain length. Like he was just obsessed with throwing the perfect football. And and like you said, uh like he said, Randall Cunningham, who was almost like Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson, more of a bigger version of Lamar, but uh, nevertheless very very effective in Philadelphia uh, all those years ago. So, but yeah, this is this is a big milestone for the NFL. Hats off to Adam. Hats off to Barry for coming on the show. But we're not done here yet. Oh, we're not done here yet. I got to make my prediction for Super Bowl 57. Now, before I do, before I do, you know, let's let's go ahead and get the the background music for. Hang on. Okay, I, I think is is that it? is that the background music? Yeah, there it is. All right, so before I get to the game itself, the the matchup. Let, let, let's let's take a look real quick at what my history has been predicting the Super Bowl because frankly put it hasn't been great first Super Bowl I ever predicted I remember it like it was yesterday it was Super Bowl 47 I remember it most for three reasons it was the Harbaugh brothers John and Jim uh Jim with the Niners John with the Ravens Beyonce's halftime show which was one of the one of the greatest of all time and the half hour power outage at the Superdome it was a great great game down to the wire Flacco Kaepernick back and forth Niners made a comeback at the end, but the Ravens won. Joe Flacco played great, had a great postseason. Jaco- uh, Jacoby, uh, not Brissett, uh, Jacoby Jones, to me, should have won Super Bowl MVP, but that's another discussion for another day. We're not going to break down each Super Bowl. Point is, how have I done? How have I fared predicting Super Bowls? Well, I picked the Niners in this one, as you can imagine, and of course, they lost the game. The next one, Super Bowl 48, Seattle Seahawks, Denver Broncos. I went with my man, Peyton Manning. Huge Peyton Manning fan, considering that he played at Tennessee, and the Legion of Boom absolutely uh, kicked his teeth in, to say the very least. The entire Broncos offense, that was the case. Super Bowl 49, I'm like, well, I get bet against the Seahawks last time. Tom Brady hasn't won a Super Bowl in a decade. Can't bet against them this time, right? No. I, I, I did. I, I bet on them, and not literally, but I picked them to win, and obviously the most infamous play maybe in Super Bowl history happened. We'll never forgive the Seahawks for not running the ball with Beast Mode, the one. And the Patriots won their fourth Super Bowl in franchise history, and the Seahawks have not been back since. Feels like that. That one moment really set a lot of things in motion for Seattle. But I picked the Seahawks. That's all that matters. And they, of course, lost the game on a heartbreaking play. Super Bowl 50. Now, I was pulling for the Denver Broncos. Glad they won the game. But I picked the Carolina Panthers. I did. They were 15-1. and They had the MVP, Cam Newton. They had a great defense, great offense. And they... 24 to 10 was not in, indicative of how much they were absolutely dominated, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. 
Von Miller, who will be a future Hall of Famer. Demarcus Ware, who now is a Hall of Famer. Again, congrats to D. Ware. Uh, Malik Jackson had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Akeem Tlaib, Bradley Roby, Chris Harris. That no-fly zone defense is one of the greatest defenses of all time and does not get enough credit for how dominant it was. But I picked the Panthers, and they lost the game. Super Bowl 51, the Falcons just came out of nowhere. Matt Ryan, the MVP, I picked the Falcons, and they, well, they blew a 28-3 lead to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So I'm okay. I made a promise after that game. I said I am never, ever going to bet against Tom Brady ever again. Long, long, long as I live, I'll never bet against the greatest quarterback to ever do it. Well, I, I bet on him, and the Patriots lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 52. Nick Foles won the MVP at the Philly Special. Tom Brady was outstanding. Threw for 500 yards, three touchdowns, but obviously the big fumble, uh, uh, the, the strip sack by Brandon Graham, recovered by my man out of Tennessee, Derek Barnett, and the Patriots lost the game. So at this point, I'm 0 for 6, and I'm starting to think there's some bad juju going on. I'm starting to wonder if there aren't some other things at play here. And so I said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go with Tom Brady again. I'm, I'm going to roll with Tom Brady, and finally I did end up finally predicting a Super Bowl correctly when the Patriots beats the Los Angeles Rams in the most boring Super Bowl I've ever witnessed. 13-3 to was the final score, if you recall. Julian Edelman was the MVP of that game. But uh, yeah, I, I, I bet on Tom Brady, and finally, finally, I bet on him at the right time, and he won his sixth Super Bowl in his final Super Bowl in New England. Super Bowl 54, Niners, Chiefs. I went back and forth on this one. I'm like, okay, you got the best quarterback in League Mahomes. You got this high-flying Chiefs offense, but this Niners defense, ladies and gentlemen, is no joke. They shut down a great Minnesota offense in their divisional round game and against the Green Bay Packers for the second time that season made Aaron Rodgers look like a backup quarterback, and that is not exactly easy to do. So, and because I was more of a Jimmy G guy at the time than I am now, I rolled with the 49ers, and they, of course, lost the game. They lost the Kansas City Chiefs, and I was wrong about this one. Two years ago, the first Super Bowl I ever predicted on carving it up live Chiefs, Buccaneers, Saint Ben against Brady, and he came through for me. The Buccaneers, which, by the way, can I just mention for the record, this uh, this Super Bowl, um, this Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl before the 2020 season commenced, I said was going to happen, and that the Bucks would win it, and that is exactly, of course, what happened. And then last year, Super Bowl 56, Rams-Bengals. I thought it'd be a pretty comfortable win for the Rams. It was not, but they won the game on a, on a game-winning drive by Matthew Stafford at Cooper Cup. Thank you to the Rams. They got me to a, well, quite an abysmal record of 3-7 and seven in Super Bowls. And so, that, that's where I stand in predicting Super Bowls uh, in my life. So, that's, listen, I, it's, it's, not, it's not much to write home about, but all that matters, I'm on a two-game winning streak. I went into the Super Bowl two years ago, one and seven. I'm now three and seven, and I've made a I've made a goal that by the end of the decade, once by the time 2030 rolls around, I will have a winning record in predicting Super Bowls, and I firmly believe that I will get this one correct as well. So let's turn off the 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 fun music because it's fun. It's fun to predict Super Bowls. Let's get intense now because here we go. This is it. This is all that matters. All 32 teams come into the season. One goal. That is to reach Super Bowl 57. That is to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. For 30 teams, well, they're just going to have to wait till next year. It's down to the last two. The number one seed in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, taking on the number one seed in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. In this game, Philadelphia is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The line has really not moved an inch. The highest I saw was like two, two-and-a-half. It's down to one-and-a-half. Basically saying this is a this is literally almost a pickup. 
The home team automatically gets three points, but it's the Super Bowl. There is no home team. It's a neutral site. Chiefs have a great fan base. Eagles have a loud fan base since, uh, you know, a lot of Eagles fans out there. I'll be very curious who wins the the battle in terms of, you know, how many fans are there. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. But in this game, Kansas City comes in uh, with two playoff wins over the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and the Bengals led by Joe Burrow. Against the Jaguars is where Patrick Mahomes injured his ankle. But he had two remarkable drives. Give credit to Chad Henney as well. He led a 98-yard drive in the first half, capped off, I'm pretty sure, by a, a Travis Kelsey touchdown. If, if it wasn't Travis Kelsey, it might have been one of the running backs. It might have been Pacheco, uh, for all I can remember. But you got that. And this Kansas City Chiefs defense, and Mike Guido talked about it yesterday. Barry Grant Jr. alluded to it today. This Kansas City Chiefs defense, I don't think we get it, give it enough credit, certainly in the front seven, for how good they've been. Getting to Trevor Lawrence numerous times. Sacking Joe Burrow five times two weeks ago. Chris Jones, if Aaron Donald wasn't in the league, this dude's easily the best defensive tackle in football. He is a game wrecker. I remember coming into the AFC Championship game, I, I said, we ne- I need Chris Jones to make a play because I obviously picked the Chiefs to win. I need Chris Jones to make a play here. And he had two huge defensive plays in the fourth quarter, including the sack on third down on Joe Burrow to give the ball back to his man, Patrick Mahomes, and he did what Patrick Mahomes typically does in big playoff games. So this Chiefs defense, don't sleep on it. The thing that concerns me about Kansas City is the run game. They ran for, if I'm not mistaken, 34 yards on 17 carries last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Against this Eagles front seven, that ain't gonna cut it. Is Andy Reid going to be pass-happy early? Because obviously, if Philadelphia puts Kansas City at a significant deficit, then you're obviously going to... You got Patrick Mahomes. You got some of these weapons, Travis Kelsey. You're going to go high-flying through the air. You're not going to run the ball really at all, for being honest. You got Edwards Alaire. You've got Pacheco, who's more of the physical back. You got McKinnon, who's more of the receiving back. Expect to see him a lot in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure if Kansas City is even going to commit to the run. Considering how great Philadelphia's front seven is, an incredible interior defensive line, as great as Kansas City's O-line is, that Philly D-line is no joke. The battle in the trenches, I think Patrick Brown talked about this uh, on uh, on Monday, very, very fascinating. I know it's not, it's not sexy to watch or anything, but pay attention to it because that, that has determined a lot of Super Bowls. For Philadelphia, obviously... Like I said, from week one to now, they have been the most consistently great team in the NFC. That's why they got the number one seed. It's why they won a, the toughest division of football, which we didn't see that coming. Uh, Dallas put up a fight, 12 wins. Giants won, I think, nine games, but they got in the playoffs and won a playoff game. Speaking of those Giants, Philadelphia absolutely demolished them in the divisional round, 38-7. to And then they beat the San Francisco 49ers badly in the NFC Championship game, 31-7. to But one can make the case, okay, the Chiefs played a top-five quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and the second-best quarterback, Joe Burrow. The Eagles played Daniel Jones, who I'm not even sure is a starting quarterback in the NFL, and I'm not kidding when I say that. And they played a Niners team who, well, they couldn't really throw the ball at all, which, you, I don't know. Breaking news, you kind of need to be able to throw the football in the NFL. Brock Purdy got hurt early, could not throw the ball after that. The UCL injury, it's going to cost him, looks like, all the next season, which sucks for him. And Josh Johnson, God bless him. He's a four-string quarterback, 15 years, journeyman, and was completely overwhelmed, and he got concussed in that game. So Philadelphia basically played against a quarterback-less team. Christian McCaffrey was taking snaps back there in the Wildcat formation. What I will say for Philly is this. I think, to me, clearly, they have the better roster than Kansas City. Kansas City is better than some people give them credit for in terms of their personnel, 
Philadelphia is no joke. Jalen Hurts finished, I believe, second for MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Great season for him. Improved tremendously from last year to this year, particularly as a passer. The question, the thing I worry about with him is the shoulder injury. He has not looked the same since. Think about the Chicago game, which he got hurt. Did not play well. He was pretty good. The, the, the bye week paid dividends for him against the New York Giants. It was okay. Didn't blow your socks off. I mean, the Eagles didn't even have 300 yards of offense against the 49ers two weeks ago. So all those components coming in, Philadelphia's defense, is if it's not the best, it's the second best. You got Slay. You got Bradbury. You've got Gardner Johnson. You've got Maddox. And that's just the secondary. Interior defensive line. You've got guys, I think that Hargraves kid has been good. Uh, Jordan Davis, who I loved out of the draft last year, was a steal for them in the middle of the first round. You've got guys like uh, Fletcher Cox still making an impact. Brandon Graham had a great season. Hassan Reddick was up for Defensive Player of the Year. Underrated free agent pickup who just got himself paid this offseason, if not with Philly, with somebody else. Their aggressive approach has paid off, obviously. They're in the Super Bowl. They're one of the last two teams standing. And the coaching matchup. Obviously, you know, I'm taking Andy Reid over Nick Sirianni any day of the week. But let's not sleep on Nick Sirianni in terms of how he's managed his staff. He's led, as I've said all season long, since their week two win over Minnesota. I remember saying this on my, on my show back in mid-September. Nick Sirianni knows what he is and knows what he isn't. He relies on the guys around him. He understands what, you know, he understands where their faults are and where they're not. You know, it could really be a good lesson for all of us. Again, I'm not a Nick Sirianni fan, but it could be a good lesson for all of us in terms of if you got great people around you, let them do what they're great at. Play into what you're good at and let them do the same, and that's exactly what Nick Sirianni has done. So, Bryson, who's winning the game? Well, I'll tell you who's winning the game. I'm telling you that it's going to be a close game. I anticipate Philadelphia comes out strong. I don't anticipate Jalen Hurts will throw a ton of passes early. I think they'll uh, you know, drop some run plays, some read option. Just get, Listen, Jalen is a cool, calm, collected guy, but it is the Super Bowl. The jitters are going to... I'm sure there's been jitters for Tom Brady, even in his last Super Bowl, his 10th Super Bowl. It's hard to believe that Jalen Hurts, as cool as he is, won't have those himself. So they'll call conservatively, which they can do. They can run the football against literally anybody. If they can run it against the Niners, they can definitely run it against the Chiefs. Expect Miles Sanders to have a big impact early. Expect a lot of design runs for Hurts. I think Philadelphia will get more going in the passing game towards the end of the first half to start the second half. For the Chiefs, I don't think that the running game will be a factor for them at the entire game. I think the offensive line is going to be key for them in terms of protecting Mahomes. Do the Eagles blitz? Again, for Mahomes, too. The Niners and the Buccaneers. And listen, Mahomes is a great playmaker with his legs. But the Niners, and especially the Bucks. Got all kinds of pressure on Mahomes. And he's played eight eight Super Bowl quarters and was good in one of them. I anticipate Philly will get pressure early. Andy Reid will make the will make the adjustments late. Patrick Mahomes will go a will go Tom Brady, lead a drive with a minute left, a touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey to put the Kansas City Chiefs in front. And when it's all said and done, the Chiefs deep it's Chris Jones makes the play at the end. You know what? I'm actually, I'm going to switch that. Juan Thornhill. Juan Thor- Remember that name. Juan Thornhill gets the pick at the end to seal the deal for the Kansas City Chiefs, who will win this game and win the Super Bowl. 
31 to 27. You could essentially call this upset of the week, sort of. It's a segment I really struggled with this year, so maybe I'm jinxing it. By the way, nine straight MVPs have lost the Super Bowl. I think Mahomes will break that streak. He will have his first great Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. Back and forth all throughout. I don't see any team getting up by double digits on the other. Kansas City Chiefs win 31 to 27. They will be your Super Bowl 57 champions. It'll be their second Super Bowl title in the last four seasons and their third Super Bowl title overall. They, of course, way back in the day won Super Bowl four against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Lynn Dawson was their quarterback back then. Now they're quarterback by Patrick Mahomes. They will get the W over Philadelphia 31 27. And in case you, in case you're wondering, yes, pretty obvious one here. Patrick Mahomes will be the Super Bowl MVP. That's what I got. Super Bowl 57. Kickoff tomorrow, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. I think on Fox. It's going to be very exciting. Burkhart, Olsen on the call. It's, listen, it's going to be a good one. We are in for a, an incredible one. You know what? Again, I keep saying about, uh, about Glendale, Arizona. An argument could be made if they've, they've hosted that stadium, State Farm Stadium has hosted the two greatest Super Bowls of all time. You can make that case. 07, 18-0 Patriots, undefeated Giants, Eli Manning, uh, David Tyree makes the helmet catch, uh, who was, um, Plaxico Burris caught the game-winning touchdown with 30-odd seconds left in the game to win at 17-14 for the Giants, upsetting New England, and then New England was back in, in the Super Bowl, back in Arizona against the Seattle Seahawks. It's a great game. Seattle's up 10 in the fourth quarter. Brady leads back-to-back drives, doing what Tom Brady always does. Patriots go up, throws a touchdown pass to Julian Edelman. Seahawks go down the field. Jermaine Kearse makes one of the most miraculous catches down inside the five-yard line. And they don't give it to Beast Mode at the one-yard line. Russ throws the pick to Malcolm Butler, who is an undrafted free agent out of West Alabama. And the Patriots won that Super Bowl 28-24. to I'm not necessarily saying we're going to get that kind of entertainment, but I mean, I don't know, 31-27? I'm feeling it. So that means that means I and every single one of my guests, hold, hold on, let me, let me pull up the graphic here. Hold on. Get the last graphic here for, for my guests because I had some amazing guests on throughout the week. I'll give them a shout out in just a second as soon as I can pull up this graphic. Here we go. Okay, so I've got Kansas City 31-27. to Let's pull it up here. Okay, seemed like I remember someone agreeing with me on that score. Apparently not, but yeah. So I, I, I'm the next guy. I'm the fifth person out, out of the seven on the show who have predicted the, this year's Super Bowl to have a 31 in the final score. But Alfred Parser Jr. Shout out to him. Rocket Fuel Jets podcast. Check his stuff out on the grid. Let's put some new content out there. It's been outstanding. He he's got Chiefs 28-24. Again, the last Super Bowl that was played in Arizona was that exact same final score. John John, 3128 Fan Perspective Podcast. Shout out to John Rivera and Henny Dre on the Fan Perspective Podcast. He's got 3128 Chiefs. Patrick Brown, shout out to Patrick, the Chaotic Sports Podcast here at the grid. Please go check his stuff out. He's got 2724 on a walk-off field goal by Harrison Bucker. Uh, by the way, back to John John. He said uh, Isaiah Pacheco would win Super Bowl MVP. Very interesting pick. Very, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I don't think the running game will be much of a factor for the Chiefs, uh, though. So I got Mahomes the MVP. But Patrick Brown, 27-24 on a Harrison Butker walk-off field goal. Mike Guido yesterday on the show. Shout out to Mike. He said 31-24. He's got kind of a back-and-forth game, but he's got the Chiefs. He's rolling with Mahomes. Um, and certainly, I'm assuming, too, to possibly be the Super Bowl MVP. 
Adam Bessie, shout out to him for coming on the show an hour and a half ago, basically, from the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast here at The Grid. Please check his stuff out, their stuff out, rather. Him, Ant, uh, I'm forgetting. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm forgetting uh, his last name. Are you kidding? Alex. Alex. I'm so sorry. Apologies to Alex. I didn't mean to forget. But Alex, Ant, Adam, AAA, Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast, Canada, outstanding show. He's got... 31 to 30, Kansas City. And Barry Grant Jr., who was just on the show about 10, 15 minutes ago, he's got the Chiefs 31 to 23. I like it. So every single person who's who's predicted the Super Bowl on Carving Up Live has the Kansas City Chiefs with five of them, including myself, having the Chiefs scoring 31 points. I can't wait, y'all. This is Super Bowl 57. This, this is the pinnacle. This is... The greatest moment in American sports. Love the NBA Finals. I love the World Series. I know the Stanley Cup is big here and in Canada. The World Cup is outstanding, but that's the World Cup. Super Bowl. 100 million people going to be watching. I think Rihanna is going to crush it at the halftime show. Looking forward to some, some funny commercials as well. But this game is going to live up to the hype. Best believe it. Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. 31 to 27. And you best believe I'm going to be back and carving it up live on Monday. Because that's all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Once again, shout out to Adam and Barry for coming on the show to discuss this year's Super Bowl, as well as a wide range of other topics. Be sure to catch Carving Up Live the day after the Super Bowl, Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live YouTube. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure, very important here, to subscribe to the Grid Podcast Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Network, on YouTube. You can find my show, Alfred Parsar Jr.'s Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. All Even Podcast with Barry, who you just saw a few minutes ago. Adam, Ant, and Alex from the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. Check their stuff out. Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about the Super Bowl on his show coming up pretty soon. Looking forward to, to maybe seeing some of that. Clutch Sports Talk, Chaotic Sports Podcast with Patrick Brown. We are building something very, very special here at The Grid. I'm very excited to see where we continue to, to succeed and, and go. My incredible teammates, I love every single one of them. And you can also check out all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We've got the Super Bowl. I may do an Instagram live before or after. I'm not quite certain. We will see. So stay tuned for some of that on my social media platforms at Carving Up Podcast and Instagram at Carving Up Pod on Twitter. Be sure to check that stuff out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We've all been waiting for this. Please be sure to be sure to stay safe out there and be sure to take care of your physical and your mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. And the words of the great. Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson. Finally, it is time for the Super Bowl! Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.